Oh wait, no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to episode 299 of The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Bad Bit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, this week, we're chatting about the Jeff Keighley Game Award nominees. We're going back to the oldest house and destroying the hiss in the near future. Geralt in a tub on a PS5 this December. Ooh-wee. Our weekly Will Call of Duty still come to PlayStation exhausting discourse and so much more. But with all that said, with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? I'm doing much better now that I have this uh, Snapple Air prickly pear and peach white tea. They still it's make delicious. Those? They still yeah, make they the- brought it, they brought them back. They have fire, air, and I believe water. Because back <laughs> back in the day, yeah, back in the 90s. oh yeah, no, 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 hold on, wind. wind. That'd be weird if it was uh, wind. I think it's wind or air. I think it's called air. No, this is air. I'm confused. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like you're talking about an Avatar The Last Airbender sponsorship. Right? So. Which apparently is like a, they have like their Pandora Frosted Flakes, I think I saw out in the wild. That's right. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> or at least James Cameron is trying to make it everyone say that it's great. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got something against Avatar? I saw it once in the theater back when it came out and I was okay. Huh. Exactly the way I feel about it. <laughs> it's okay. Wow, I'm excited to see it on the big screen. The new one, it's gonna look real good. The, the way of the water, yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. So okay, so you're like Snapple Air, yeah, whatever yeah, the Earth, Wind, and the Fire one, but Avatar yeah, yeah, yeah. Way of the Water now. Yeah, no. Do you think brands are just absolutely ran out of ideas because they're just like, let's just go back to the '90s, simpler time. A little bit, but yeah. also like I'm kind of happy because I miss a lot of that stuff from back in the day. Couldn't be good for you because like the, like remember like I think it was like one of the, oh, like they one taste of those different. called rain. And I'm like Ugh. yes, oh maybe that's the third one. Maybe that's, it's rain yeah. that's back. I'm like oh god. Well, Kyle, hold on though. Does it taste different because the innocence of youth is gone, or because mm-hmm. they changed the formula? Uh, you no, know I mean? it, very very clearly, 45 percent less sugar. That's oh. why it tastes a little bit different. <laughs> I was trying to be Still introspective really for a second. Have you changed or has the Snapple changed? No, no, no. The Snapple has changed. <laughs> you know, they talk about uh, how styles of fashion come back around every yeah. so often years. Yeah, yeah. So that's all that's happening with marketing. Marketing yeah. is just like, okay, we're going back to the 90s for our marketing craze. So, you know, nostalgia is always in. I saw some guy on TikTok rollerblading in Jenkos with a Super Nintendo in his back pocket. So, like, anything's possible these days. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> And that lovely voice you just heard is Brett over from Triangle Squared. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I know that we've had a couple of listeners who we share a a sizable chunk of our audience, it would appear. Uh, And I've heard a lot about you guys. I've listened to little snippets in here and there. I saw your God of War bit. It was hilarious. So So glad that that you... Look, you gave the bit. You did it, and I appreciate you. Someone at at my job... uh, Literally today, she's just like, I saw your, I, 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 I oh, saw your no. podcast, and I, and my, <laughs> my literal reply was, oh God, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, wasn't last week, but yeah, man, we share, we share quite a few folks that love your show and ours. Of course, we both cover PlayStation, and I feel like at this point, we have kind of just collected the infinity gauntlet of just podcast PlayStation podcast crossovers, and I feel like, what are we gonna snap for? You know, mm. 
What are we a PlayStation case. A what? A PlayStation <laughs> showcase. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, yeah. <laughs> Please. What, what about what about uh, like PlayStation Direct actually just letting oh, us purchase works? stuff off their oh. site? You know, uh, I'll, I'll just say right now before I forget because I will. Shout out to Struble's and Bits. Uh, can you remember? We love Struble's. Yeah. Uh, got me a PSVR too. Oh, hot damn! I, I, he ordered it for me. I sent him the money, and uh, we're good to go. Okay. Okay. Hot <laughs> damn. Good. Yeah. And so, Brett, I don't know if you know, uh, PlayStation Direct hates us. Yeah. We. we yeah. I saw we, a tweet earlier. We can't order from it. It just says, "Hey, go to self help with billing." It just and it's literally kindergarten instructions yeah did you put in everything correctly yes uh is the do the addresses match yes contact us and then when we contact them they were like oh go somewhere else and buy it that's literally what i heard twice yep that is amazing customer service it's great wow that is that's great it's crazy because i've gotten to where i buy so much of my stuff from playstation direct because i've had great experiences and i find it simpler of course, PS Plus benefit of what mm-hmm. was two-day shipping, and now it seems to be changing depending on the products. But all things considered, I've gotten very lucky. I was able to get three PlayStation 5s at launch, Hot one days. from Walmart, one from PlayStation Direct, and I won one from Burger King. <laughs> no way! That's awesome. And I'll tell you, oh up God, until that point, I was, <laughs> I was the guy. Oh, the, the story is great because I, I was pooping when I did the scratch-off. <laughs> And I normally don't even, I know, I know. I was so, to the point where like, I was like, oh, hold on. I have a bidet. So I was like, hold on, let me spray, wipe, and then we got to double check this. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. Cause up until that point, I was the person who like firmly believed those were bullshit. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. Yeah. So to finally be amongst them, I was like, well, I can never talk down on the giveaway again yeah, because I've wild. won. What is it in many ways? The crown jewel of giveaways. Oh, I yeah. have a, I have a uh, cyberpunk uh, graphics card. I won, I won hey. that. Yeah. Everyone so, like, winning nice. things except for me. I know. Huh, must I know. be nice. I, well, I felt that way, Kyle. I understand your pain <laughs> at my, at my high school prom. <laughs> Almost, they did a giveaway thing after prom, and I didn't even want to go to prom because it's not my my scene. Mm-hmm. But I went because my girlfriend and now wife wanted to go, Fair and enough. almost everyone in our class won something besides seven students, and I was one of the seven. Oh, our class is like three hundred and forty students. Yeah, wow, God damn. I was a firm believer of the <sighs> it's never going to happen. But then I decided to change my attitude, and I just started entering for everything because I thought. Mm. It's a numbers game. Eventually, I have to win something. That's right. God bless. Yeah. And it happened. Yeah. Okay. It's we awesome. Just, we just got to believe in chance, you know? In the, yeah. in the words of Parappa the Rapper, you got to believe. That's right. You got to believe. The greatest musician that, that ever was, from yeah. according to some people in a dune somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in a dune? Oh, uh, you know, maybe that's a reference to something. I can't tell you. Huh. Yeah. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, that being said, Brett, I got a question <laughs> for you. I got a question. Yeah, ready? are you ready yeah, for absolutely. this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, what does it mean to you to be able to talk about PlayStation each and every week? You've been covering PlayStation for years alongside us. What does it wow. mean for you to be covering the platform? Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a question right there. It's it's something I've I've really loved and I've 
had spouts of taking it for granted and other spouts of being like, wow, it's amazing that anyone cares about what I have to say at all. And I mean, you know, the beauty of podcasting and I think about in particular podcasting around a brand is that I think we all talk about, and I'm sure at least on our show, uh, we always have, and I'm sure y'all come to the same conclusion a lot is just because we love something doesn't mean we automatically have to hate something else. Yep. And then secondarily, that there's a lot of value in just being able to give a true, honest, non-media-like presentation to information that's being passed through you. And I think a lot of people really click with earnest and honest opinions, even if they don't agree with them, if they can tell there's a genuine nature behind them. And I think that that's garnered a lot of podcasts in the years, definitely gaming ones when you go to Twitter and it can be very <laughs> insanely divisive. And yes. it, it it's a form of discourse that I'm not used to because even though I spend time on Twitter, we have a discord and we communicate discord and Facebook and many times in real life and through streaming. And I've had almost entirely amazing interactions with people. Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing is that as someone who for many years had kept up with gaming and, and all these things and could see the worst of it, in a odd way, the podcast has only reaffirmed that the vast majority of us not only doing the podcasting, but experiencing through the media are really not the people who represent the fringe. And it's a great thing to be able to talk about that and have reciprocity from those people in a way that just really sells what we're going for. Yeah. Uh, I think you hit, hit the nail out, uh, on the head there because for me, it's, it's the same. I feel like, you know, there's, <laughs> I like how you pointed out the media aspect. Cause I feel like there's, you know, there's a lack of uh, authenticity when you get certain news from certain places or you're trying to be critical on one brand or you're watching a podcast be critical on one brand and you feel like they're push, pushing, pulling their punches and then next week you understand why. Oh, it's because they have some sort of deal or it's hard to take big outlets seriously when, you know they have a game plastered on their website or a, a, you know, here's the first 30 minutes of, and it's like, well, how can you be truly critical of a thing when you have these kind of backyard or back background, you know, deals and whatnot. And though I understand the process and it's not as, you know, I guess insidious as it is, a lot of viewers feel that way. And they're searching for something that feels like you're in a room talking to your friends about games and you know though to us you know production is important i think the message of we're just gamers i'm not here to tell you that i'm the library of knowledge when it comes to playstation i just love the brand and i love the developers that make them so let's go chat about the thing we like and not having to go out there and demonize you know xbox for deals that they do or whatever have you um because we're all just playing games at the end of the day and I feel like people are, are searching for authenticity now more than ever because there's just so much inauthentic stuff out there. Mm. And I think that's why people stumble on our communities and go, oh, wow, there's something here because it's something refreshing of, hey, these guys are just having fun talking about you know video games, talking about PlayStation, and it's not this animosity or this weird tribalistic warfare <laughs> going on between <laughs> PlayStation and Xbox things. It's 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 silly. And so I I I have like a lot of I feel responsibility when talking about PlayStation. Not to be knowledgeable, but to be respectful 
um, and understand that though, just like you, it's crazy why people would listen to me of all people. Uh, <laughs> they're listening and we mean something to folks. Um, mm. and, and I'm always keeping that in my mind's eye, you know? Yeah. I want to hear from Kyle too, but you spoke on something that I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Kyle. I'm kidding. Uh, You seem like a lovely gentleman. Um, At least one of us gets it. (laughs) You, you, uh, Joe, you spoke on something uh, about people really hearing it and just kind of going, Oh, this isn't the dearth of comments that we hear drudge through specific media or Twitter personalities, people who primarily operate within Twitter. Um, one of the most interesting and like, I don't know, it, it spread me with a sense of authentic joy because I just thought it was such a great description of how we approach the show is uh, one of our listeners and now patrons uh, for many years now, Mark, um, the first time that he had listened to the show it, it, I think it had been a while, but he had ended up sending me a message on Twitter to a blog post that he had wrote. And his blog post was all about the surprise of clicking on a PlayStation podcast at a time we were still pretty early days. We're probably around episode 100 and, you know, we're at 284 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so long, many years ago when it was probably more divisive than it even is now in many ways, at least in terms of the podcast front, uh, there was a period of time where podcasts that were extreme to one side or the other were definitely blowing up. Yeah. And so his thing was he it was blissful surprise for him to turn on a podcast, hear two people talking about PlayStation and how they love it, not immediately dismissing Xbox, not immediately doing anything other than just challenging what we do, what we don't like and and supporting what we do like that not only Xbox but Nintendo and PC or any platform does, you know. I may primarily play on PlayStation, but I game on everything if the game calls. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, this the story of me being on this show is one because I, back in the day, stumbled upon Podcast Beyond, which I feel a lot of people who like PlayStation and this PlayStation podcast, that is usually where their story starts. And listening to that and, and that being the first thing that was like, oh, people talk about games, the thing I love. PlayStation specific on a thing called the podcast. Oh, that's new. Um, and and then, you know, years later, meeting Joe at a at a in New York City at a kind of funny meetup, uh, another community that we all got together because we love video games. And then he was wanted a guest for a week. I said, I'd love to. And, and the rest is history. And now I can if I were to go back in time and tell younger Kyle, hey, you're going to be talking about PlayStation every single week for quote unquote 300 episodes who knows if that's the real number. <laughs> who knows, I don't know. uh, who Asterisk knows? Somewhere. uh but like four plus years it's wild and yeah i do feel that sense of like responsibility to be those kind of good conversations that i had in school about games yeah where we were just mm-hmm. geeking out about the things we were playing we weren't bashing each other or at least not severe like i've heard other people bash other <laughs> other platforms sure. and whatnot but just like celebrate the thing that we all love doing it's a common thing and we need to celebrate and celebrate it instead of 
telling other people how wrong they are for liking what they like. You love what you love. Don't let anyone yuck your yum. That's what I like to say. Yeah. And <laughs> that's I, a saying. That is a saying. <laughs> Listen, I love saying. it. I love I'm it. I'm a great on my gravestone. Put it on my gravestone. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I love it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, and and that and and that's a one thing that I try to do too. Like on Twitter, it's it's always a, a mess, especially n- nowadays. But it's it's just like, hey, let's just spread some positivity for a change. Yeah. Talk Tell about the devs that you love awesome. them. Exactly. Support support the people that make the things that we play. That's it. That's oh, yeah. so that's important. You know, that said, though, we we went long in the tooth here. And you know what? Honestly, I dig it. But it's time for a little bit of housekeeping. Of course, before we get right into the show, I want to thank our patrons over at Patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. Like we say each and every week, it's the reason why we look so good, sound so great is because of your generosity over at Patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. I want to thank our, our, sorry, our platinum producers, Todd Burowitz and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, N. Johnson, Too Soon, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master, and Metal Kirby, Stephen Flesh, Doth Simon, The Pie Man, Chaotic Monkey, Enigma, Millennial Falcon Gaming, Sith Lord 92, and Struples and Bits. I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Awesome Dave, Hide Indoors, and Nakajaka. Marcus O'Neill, JB the Purple Monkey, Jettus Vaughn Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Brent Zachary, Kay Grimm, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Good Sir, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin D- L- Diaz, Elo2032, Bubble Boy N7, Jesse Garcia, Hambone, The Aztec King, Stone Cold, E.T., Astronaut Junior, not to be mistaken with Astronaut Senior, Maximum Carnage. <laughs> Green Gorilla Gamer, Katie, Lamb Chop 93, and Justin Rodriguez. Thank you all oh, so hold on. You much missed a line. for your support. What, what, what did I miss? You missed the line. Go, Go back to after Katie. M9 Prime, Sean McKenzie, and Johnson, Final Fan Fanatics? That's how you say it? Oh, that's uh, right. Androzo to- and Vate Tadden. There you go. Thank you all so much for your kindness and your support. It really does mean a lot. That said, Kyle, whew, last bit of housekeeping. Next week's episode would, episode 300, would land on Thursday, which is American Thanksgiving, which I would like to call the real Thanksgiving. Canada gets one in October. Are you kidding me? I'm supposed to take it seriously? Sorry, Canadians. Hell out of here. It's it's the, the third week of November, like the good Lord said. Uh, that said, we're going to plan to have the episode out on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. So, you know, you have something in your ear while, like, your weird uncle's talking about God knows what. So make sure you have your RSS feeds tuned in on Wednesday of next week for episode 300, where we'll be revealing our nominees for our award show, which will be totally cooler than Jeff Keighley's anyway. So, like, who cares, you know? (laughs) That said, Kyle, it is time to square up the news. First bit of news that needs to be squared up comes from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN. Ryan writes, the Game Awards 2022 nomination sees God of War Ragnarok leading with 10 awards nods. Jeff Keighley has announced every nominee for the Game Awards 2022 with God of War Ragnarok and and Elden Ring leading the way with 10 and 7 nominations respectively. God of War Ragnarok's nominations include Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Art Direction, Best Score and Music, Best Audio Design, 2 in Best Performance, Best Action Adventure, and Innovation in Accessibility. Elden Ring saw a number of similar nominations including Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Art Direction, Best Score and Music, Best Audio Design, and Best RPG. Ooh, this... This list 
caused a, a kerfuffle online. Could you believe that? A list oh, of games causing an, out, an outroar on social media. No, I know no, it sounds hard it. to believe. That sounds hard to believe. We just had a very great conversation about you know celebrating what we love. Yep. No one would ever, <laughs> ever try to tear it down. No, come on. <laughs> I know, but that's crazy. That's definitely said, not us. <laughs> definitely not what we're about to do. Stingray X writes, just like you can too, if you add us over at PS Trophy Room for whenever, as long as Twitter lasts. I don't know how long that's going to be, boys. Or. You can follow us on Discord, and you can ask us questions there, just like Stingray did here. They write, hey, Joe, Kyle, Brett, and Chris. Chris wasn't cool enough to be on, okay? He has to earn that right. Brett, he did. Chris, <laughs> got to earn those stripes. That said, <laughs> what games do you believe were snuffed from the nominations? Take care. Okay, so a lot of people are like, dude, there were some snubs here. A lot of these lists, they 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 feel like they're just playing it safe. It feels like it's a popularity contest. If it, I, I got a whole lot of thoughts. Where was Cult of the Lamb? And a lot of this list is what I'm trying to preach. Uh, so I turn to you, Brett. How did you think about all these lists of nominees? This is 33. We only got three of them here that we wanted to really deep dive into. But what did you yeah, think about sure. all the nominees here? Well, uh, kind of a peek behind the rug. We actually, so we, we recorded 284 yesterday and it went live today. Uh, and we ended up talking a little bit about this. And I find it such a very odd year, not only for gaming at large and for everyone, because I do think there's a few clear, obvious answers for almost every category. And then I think the rest of the list are full of games that I really enjoyed, but I personally struggle to look at them as if they're leaders in some of the categories that they're doing. And I don't say that to take away from any of the games. I just think, this year in particular has had such an odd thing of where so many releases have been pushed back into 23 yeah. and I've probably gamed in the weirdest way this entire year or this my, you know, the entire last decade where I spent about a three to four month segment just replaying PS3 and PS Vita games because <laughs> nothing was really pulling to me on PS5. Yeah. And because everything came out in system. February. You know? Yeah, yeah. The year was very front loaded and then it was very back loaded. Yeah. And so there was this gap in the middle and there was just opportunity for things, right? Like I was always one trophy away from Infamous 2's Platinum due to a glitch on PS3. Mm. So where I'd beat it on hard mode, but for some reason it just didn't calculate. I'd replayed the game plenty of times, but just never did it on hard. And I thought, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get that Platinum. God bless. So that started it. Killzone Mercenary comes and says, we're going to shut down the servers. And I adore that game. I love mm -hmm. it so much mm -hmm. that I just played like 130 hours to finally ooh, nail boy. out the platinum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I played Wolverine Origins on the PS3 for the first time Sweet. because Chris had left it whenever he came for uh, our episode 250 celebration. He flew in and, and did a local episode with us. So I did a lot of that. And I had a great time doing it, but it's most of my fun this year has actually come from games that were not from this year. Yeah. And that's not the fault of the industry so much. I don't think the industry is entirely not at fault. It's been an odd year where things have been pushed, but I think my own gaming habits have led this to be a very hard conversation for me to have in a way that I feel like has the due diligence needed. Mm -hmm. to really strongly say anything i think the main takeaway that i would say is that the one game i feel like has not getting getting enough love in Cult general has been Grand Turismo 7 oh 
I haven't played Cult. I want to, oh, I promise you, but I have I haven't God played bless. Signalis and I want to, but I haven't. Fair it's enough. just it's a uh, yeah. So, so I've been following my heart this this year. That's I've been following my heart. That led me to play Sonic Frontiers before God of War and Platinum oh, and no. I never in my life would have thought that would have happened. All right. Fair. I mean, hey, I'm fair. judging you a little bit, but like that's fair. Well, Grand Turismo <laughs> 7, that's that's interesting. So you think that's one of the snubs? You think you think that's the one that kind of got past it or, or, or forgot yeah either. you know i think that the thing is is that so far in the games i've completed i will i refuse to mention god of war ragnarok here because i've not Fair. beaten it uh, so i'm reserving judgment to talk too strongly about it until i get to experience it um i have thoughts about the the game for sure but um elden ring was the first time that a that a soul style or you know even a FromSoft game just did not click with me and oh really I'm, yeah uh, and I don't, I'm not sure why. So okay. I'm not writing the game off. I own it. I can go back and play it at any point. And I'm waiting for a wild hair to strike and see if I can lose myself in that game. I played about seven, five to seven hours somewhere in that ballpark, mm. and it just never clicked. And I, I felt like all of the things I loved about previous FromSoft games um, that was only reaffirmed with the Demon Souls remake that Bluepoint did. God bless. As I love how tightly crafted those games are, and I'm not saying it's wrong of them to do it, but for them to take that style of game that I love where a lot of the core mechanics are there from Demon Souls and Bloodborne and Dark mm. Souls, and then to bust that wide open, I don't know that it's wrong. I just don't think it was speaking to me and what my personal hype was for the game, even sure. though I was aware that it was doing that. So Gran Turismo has been the takeaway. I've always loved Gran Turismo, but sport was, I won't say disappointing, but sure. it just didn't do it for me. It didn't have enough. So, and I so when Gran Turismo here. 7 hit, I blew through yeah. that. I played that for about 130 hours at launch. And yeah. Where else do you think this should, it should have landed in the, in, in the awards category? Because it is in best sports and racing game. Do you think it should have also been like in best sim? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I personally do. And I also, this I could see this sounding crazy for people who aren't into racing games, sure. but I think if you look at the craft behind that game and just how much love and labor went into it, it is, it is a peak made game. And I honestly think it deserves it. I loved stray. I do. Right. I think actually, if I was going to take a game out of game of the year and put Gran Turismo in, which I am 100% suggesting <laughs> no, no PlayStation fans hate me for saying this. Just do it. Horizon Forbidden West would be Ooh. the game I would take out of this list. Yeah, okay. Not Those that I didn't enjoy it, right? But it's a game that I feel like did not represent the year and what gaming has pushed forward to in the way that Zero Dawn did in 2017 when it came out because it was my game of the year for 2017. Yeah, same. And Forbidden West was not disappointing. It just as a follow up, I felt like it took steps forward and then other steps back, and then it just also lost some ground and this is conversation that i'm very i'm kind of going through with myself right now involving god war ragnarok because they're both follow-ups to very well-received games one being a known franchise and one being new yeah. um but yeah so not saying anything negative about god of war ragnarok but there you know as you play a game and you unpack what's happening before you and they're both follow-ups to very highly uh praise get games. a lot of expectations i feel like it, I, I i feel like they're yeah. they're even graded a little differently in terms of like what i'm exp like now that we know what god of war is now that we know what horizon is these sequels have to you live up to them and then somehow um 
the status quo is it has to be better than you know the game before it or or perceived better than the game before it and you know for each person the thing that they want from a sequel is going to be different and i feel like that's not going to be it's not always going to resonate or resonate the the way that i feel like fans will want it to in mm. in some cases um Kyle i want to i want to turn to you here what do mm-hmm. you think was some of the biggest snubs? What would you have liked to see in in all these types of nominees categories? Say it with me, everybody. Say it. MLB the show the getting God. robbed once again. Why is this game never nominated in the best sports game of the year? I just mm-hmm. don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I say it every single year on the show around this time of the year. With Sony's. Answer. What Sony San Diego has done year after year is incredible. Mm-hmm. What that that game is the best baseball simulation game ever made, year in mm. year out. Mm. I just don't understand why it's not in there. I get a lot of reviewers are are uh, there's a lot of European contingents, and that's why FIFA and and F1 is big, and that's why yeah. they're in there. But like. I don't know. Just once in a while, please. NBA 2K is has not been good for a few years. Why is that there instead of MLB the show? Right. So right. like that always bugs me. Um, Chris agrees as, with you, by the way. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah my Chris, co-host. He loves it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fantastic. It. Um, as far as game of the year goes, it's a good list. I love Stray. It's, it was not my favorite end of the year. Cult of the Lamb was. But God I bless. also... Jeff Keeley. Uh oh! <laughs> Why is there always only one token indie game in Game of the Year? Yeah, yeah. There's always one, and you can yeah. you can. It's it's like a broken clock is right twice a day. There's will always be only one indie game in the Game of the Year thing, and I I feel like he can expand that category. Do you to think limit it like, to so little, like just add a couple more games to the list. Like, like, like you think eight would would suffice? Yeah, like I don't know. Like the Oscars realized that was a that was a mistake. And, yeah, how many and nominees do they have? With I think you, they can do up to ten. Oh, hot damn! Then why don't we do? So, that? like, I don't know. I, I I just want more representation of these smaller games. Yeah, and game of the year doesn't always have to mean the biggest and best with multi millions mm. of dollars pushed behind it. Yeah, and it, it goes uh, like for me, as y'all know, Cult of the Lamb was robbed oh, of yeah. many things. So like the 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 one I'm bewildered by how it's not in best art direction because that game yeah. is special art wise. Um, I think it's it's beautiful. I I just I love it. It's ecstatic. It's something different that we don't. I've never seen a game like Cult of the Lamb. Right. Yeah. Uh, so for it not being there, I think is is bewildering. And you're right. I think one of the big problems here is I feel like a lot of these categories feel like this is um, well, this was pop. Google Analytics say that these games are popular, so they're going to be in these categories uh, yeah, instead so- of saying like like neon white. Yeah. yeah. From what everything I've heard, that game could and should be uh in in game of the year I, even when you take a look at where it's rated on though i hate doing this but in a critic perspective if this is you know based on you know uh 
the, the biggest critics of the industry grading these games or, or voting on these games should be also on their grades. Like neon whites rated a lot higher than stray is. And so like to see that game being pushed aside, why not to say that I don't like stray and it shouldn't be your game of the year. If it is your game of the year, mm-hmm. but I, I do think the reason probably why stray is there is because it broke through the medium, um, you know, to other outlets. Like I saw like CNN articles, you know, I saw like my, my literal, uh, um, you know, sister-in-law came up to me. She's like, can I play the straight game or watch you play it? Cause like, uh, she's a big cat lover. <laughs> so it's like, that's probably why stray is here. Like Elden ring. Of course, Elden ring's going to be here for, for many valid reasons, but like, it's also one of the, one of the biggest games this year. And when I yeah. see it being nominated for it, let's just get into this. Let's just break this this one in half right here. Like best narrative, that's that's uh, that's pretty nuts. Because though I love love how uh, you know from software crafts their worlds and the stories that they tell, um, I would never say that most from software games narratives are particularly. I hate to say great, but particularly standout. I think their stories are unique because they're, uh, they're a whole bunch of mini stories hidden between items and land masses and characters that you meet. And they get sewn up to form what is like a historical time lapse or timeline of, of things that occurred. And that's the story. I don't know why Elden Ring's there and why I think games that, that were better in that um that regard from from software weren't it's it's a little it's a little weird where like immortality i could understand why that's there for best narrative but it makes me question why a game like pentiment isn't because it's been rated nines and tens as well it's in just a narrative driven game why isn't that there when the cutoff is the 18th? It just doesn't exactly. Make there, a lot there, of sense. Then that's that arbitrary cutoff date, which I always think is weird. Yeah. How's why some games are in it, some games are not. Like these these nominees are are here, but the cutoff date isn't until a few days from now. Yeah. So like, why not wait until after the cutoff date yeah. to announce the nominees to allow other games and reviewers to have their take. It's so weird. And and to on the indie game front as well, like the best indie category, I feel like a lot of people who are part of the nomination group need to realize there are other games, uh, indie games other than Devolver and Annapurna. There's a lot of indie games that aren't represented at all. And this is becoming what I think everyone hates about award shows in general. Mm. It's so commercialized. Yes. It is the biggest of the biggest, the best of the best. I get these games are great. Not saying they're not. Yeah. It just I want to see more inclusion of some of the smaller games that did very well. Like Vampire Survivor. Game. Yeah. Or and same thing like on Best Family Game. It's just there's the Nintendo cat uh, category. Yes. There are other family games on other platforms. I just don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think that's another thing to to you know, this this award show, to me, I feel like our problem is it with not so much who's there, more so of who isn't there 
because yeah, we should be celebrating some of these more. You're right. There's there's more indie you know publishers and developers than just Annapurna and Devolver. There are uh, other awesome indies that came out this year. Let's celebrate it. Like Tinykin, from what I understand, yeah. is a phenomenal platformer. Mm-hmm. That's a small team. Celebrate that game. Yeah. Um, and you can do that when you have a, a, a show as big as this. That said, though, let's move a little bit on word towards well, M9 can Prime. I, can I quickly oh, yeah. interject? Please, please quickly. Bro. Just because there's, there, there's one thing, like really there's two things. I think we're kind of brushing up against really in these conversations. There's there's three big points that are kind of happening in this around this discussion. So the first thing is sometimes I feel like there's not enough of a real scope to the actual categorization. So like when you look and you say Elden Ring and FromSoft games and how they build narrative, the problem with best narrative is it's too broad of a stroke and it doesn't really paint an idea of what you're trying to hone in on. And so you have to ask yourself, it's like, well, what makes a narrative great? Are we talking about specifically the story where the end point Mm. for these character arcs are? Are we talking about world building? Are we talking, because I would almost argue that no one builds worlds as well as FromSoft. Oh, absolutely. Their games are packed full of crazy lore that other developers just wish they could pull off and God of War Ragnarok is doing something so totally different. It's doing character first story building and storytelling, and it's still doing world building through that. But even then I would say that what I've experienced of God of War 2018 and, and Ragnarok even with copious amounts of world building within those games, they still are not touching the surface of what a FromSoft games world gets built out yeah, to be. Yeah, there, the there, there's a experience all of that. There's a passive thing, God of War, mm. where you're just passive and the narrative is being told to you, and then there's more uh, involved, which is what FromSoft is. Yeah, where yeah, like they, they I make don't you search for an answer. Yeah, like yeah. I, I I agree that Eldering has great lore and and story and cool characters in there. I personally am just not a fan with how it's delivered. Sure. And I think yeah. that's, I think, that's where that disconnect is. I feel like for a lot of yeah. people. And, yeah, I, and, sure. and I feel like the, I feel like, uh, first off, you hit the nail on that. I think narrative is too broad. Maybe we could separate that a bit and make it a, a, a subcategory here. Best and they story, have done that with certain categories. Like I don't know yeah. if y'all have seen, but throughout the years, they have taken certain categories and split them into finer details so that you can more easily try and paint what you want the nominees to represent Mm -hmm. because i think each of the games listed here i think god of war a plague tale and horizon are all telling a story in one way and then elden ring and immortality are telling stories in vastly different ways than those two games and none of them are right or wrong it's just sometimes it helps to have slightly more categorization but you know you never want to reach the point of where like music has gotten to where every genre has got 18 subgenres and then yeah, those subgenres yeah, yeah. have further subgenres. You don't want to do that. Yeah. But it does help to narrow down and give real scope to what you're talking about so that people can feel like the categories well represent what's within them. Cause I know that there are people that are looking at this and going, why is Elden Ring here? And then there's people in this that are going, why is God of War here? Yeah. Significantly more people are probably looking at Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. But the point being yeah. is that one is conventional storytelling and one is not. And that doesn't make one better than the other. Yeah. And I think that's what I was trying to, to get at. Not as eloquently as you is like, yeah, no, from software is really great at building these worlds, but like the, the narrative, like, is so ambiguous and purposely so, uh, but so much so that it's like, uh, I, I can't, I can't really tell you. 
anything from Elden Ring. You know, uh, like I, I can't, I can't tell you the events from it, A, B, C, D, and E all the it way. It also to doesn't Z, help that but... all their characters' names are start with an M, <laughs> and it's really hard to differentiate from them. That's fair. Yeah. So, well, like, you know, like Bloodborne has got such a crazy story, and I actually have loved that. Every time I play Bloodborne, you get bless. you eke a little bit more of that story out, and you're like, oh. Oh, I, I I see this connection. You mm-hmm. play again. You're like, I see that connection. And there is a real narrative at play there. It's just it, it chooses to go about making you work for the payoff rather than doing the God of War approach of we're going to just present to you the story and let you soak and bask in it. And they're both effective in very different ways. It's just one's probably going to work better for a conventional audience and one is not. And, and yet somehow Elden Ring is sold like. 20 million copies so absolutely <laughs> also yeah. why is inscription not there that's nuts but oh that was the last year game oh last, year, last year, game. year yes big problem i had too because i adore description there. inscriptions also this year on playstation fair, fair. <laughs> uh, that, that's so why i to, forgot to wrap right. up my two points Go uh, for it, sorry. I, I, sorry to yeah i'm no, sorry to interrupt as well um Second thing is, you know, you were talking about why do why does MLB constantly get shafted? And I think a big a big issue that I'm not the first to say this, but a big issue is that it's a it's an early year game. And there's conversations that are really good questions about how games like Forza Horizon um, five and Halo Infinite can get nines and tens and yet be completely absent on this when a game like Horizon Forbidden West and Stray uh, and actually good for Horizon and Elden Ring because both of those are early year games. But recency bias is a huge deal yes. that not only the industry deals with, but we as individuals deal with. Yeah. It, you are always more fond of things that are closer to your memory. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a big problem to deal with. But I guess my last point to kind of cap all of that is I think we're really brushing against why when you're dealing with art, which is essentially what this is, and we're dealing with it at a fan level like we are, Art and business seldom go together as well as you think they would. And at the end of the day, as much as I can sometimes lament the way that the game awards choose to present the show with in the past, they've done it with bad, like no focus on games at times. Yep. It's, mm-hmm. What are you doing? But it's a business move. Yeah, but we remember at the, end the, of the day, TV days. They were bad. I remember oh. Shikwacho, man. I was there. I was there. Dude. That and then the early days where all the music stuff was just like bands. And I'm like, I get that. But like, we're talking about gaming. Why are you not playing? And they have started that. I love that they're now playing video game scores and creating medleys of all the themes for things. It's awesome. And I love that. And that means every year they're getting closer to something that feels like a celebration of games. But at the end of the day, we know that in the background, this is always just trying to mix art and business in a way that is never going to make enough sense to us as fans who are pulling it in as, as what it is, which is art, because there are times where the order 1886 can be one of my favorite games of all time, but it can be an absolute miss for the majority of people. And And, no one's wrong in that situation. And I can't be upset that in a game awards situation, it doesn't get mentioned at all, even though that year it was one of my favorite games. Oh, same. But that's okay. Brett, how how many times I've gone, I just texted Kyle going, man, Ghost of Tsushima was game of the year 2020 (laughs) and it wasn't even close. And then next week I'll be like, last of us part Two was game of the year 2020 <laughs> and it wasn't well, even close. The, the death stranding year is the one where it seemed every uh, other week was yep. a different game i'm like jedi <laughs> fallen order was, was crazy game of the year. year that was a good year <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah it really was but but so. i think you're right i think a lot of 
first off, this award show is going to be imperfect, just like how our little award show is going to be imperfect. Um, and you're, you're right. Beauty of having all these, though, right? Yeah, That's yeah. why I love podcasts, because it gives fringe communities of people who love certain games a voice of someone they can find that they enjoy who sees what they saw in those games and can give it that recognition. Absolutely. And, and that's why I think that we really should not put so much weight on the game awards. Everyone yeah. treats, and I, I tried making this point on our episode, and I understand why it gets given the weight that it gets given. But in all honesty, I don't think it's, it's much how I feel about Metacritic. The weight of how you feel about a game should not have to be told to you. Yeah. And this is a great way to celebrate games and get eyes on games. And I'm glad that they do, even if it is just a token indie game. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I finally played Hades because I heard a lot yeah. of people talking about it. And then I saw it at the Game Awards and I thought, I've clearly got to get around to playing this. For sure, and it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad that that exists. But at the end of the day, I think that there's so much value. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's us talking to 500 people and it doesn't matter if our 500 is made up of 200 of the same people. People find a lot of value in just hearing different people talk about what they loved about a game and And the excitement that comes from that. It kind of misses from those events. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head here. When we talk about all these award shows, it's like, uh, and even like reviews, like ghost of Tsushima is I'm playing Ragnarok. I love it. love eldering all that is my favorite game of all time just like bloodborne is my favorite game of all time right um and that that <laughs> yeah. game has an 80 something metacritic but like you're right a, a game should a value shouldn't be told to you you know the value of something should be felt uh, when i'm playing mm-hmm. it what am i feeling right now you know when i'm it and that's that's the importance it's like there are moments i'm thinking about ghost of tsushima look at i get <laughs> i'm getting chills because i'm thinking of of the moments in that game and how, you know, all those things meant to me in those, in those moments. And I'm just like, yeah, this game's great. Just like I'm doing with God of War and Eldering. And I'm not thinking about like, well, which one's going to be my game of the year. It's like, no, I'm just enjoying this thing. I'm not being told. I'm just feeling it in the moment. And I think that's something that Mm -hmm. we often lose. That said though, M9 prime writes in for the game awards. Do you think, Oh, look at this bleeds into what we're saying. Do you think advertising had anything to do with a game like stray getting on there, but a game like cult of the land being left out? I know six slots is not a lot, but in terms of indie games, I think I heard more positive stuff from users, whereas Stray was a bit more mainstream marketing done by Sony. I only played Stray, and it was pretty good, but I'm pretty sure that Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Vampire Survivors were also good. Also, Kyle, what indie game do you think should have been on that list, Joe? I'm not trying to give you leave you out. Just Kyle does a lot of indie stuff. Listen, I am the indie guy on this show. It's been well documented. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think oh, there's, wow. uh, it bleeds into what, what you said, Brett. It's like business and art seldom mesh. And we're yeah. kind of seeing that. You know, I, I think that Keeley's thinking of a lot of these things of like, through that promotion lens, getting more eyes on the screen, which means more promoters are going to throw money at you. And you're doing it in December because you know that that's where all these big companies throw the most of their monies during the holiday season. So he's really trying to get the most bang for his buck while trying to make a really good show that's going to, um, you know, speak to the the majority or the mainstream. But casting that wide net, you're going to leave quite a few folks out kyle 
Well, and it's also just like three hours of Super Bowl commercials, but sure. for video games. But like magic. <laughs> That's literally game. what it is. Hey, give a shout out to, to Keeley, because as much as I'm saying these things, I appreciate the fact that he is a hybrid. He is someone oh, who for is, sure. you can tell is passionate about gaming, but yeah. he understands that there is a business here as well. Yeah. And I think that when you have someone like that, instead of people like Bobby Kotick from Activision, yeah. you get someone who at least means well and is trying to do the best for gaming industry mm-hmm. and fans as a whole, while still playing in to the business side and making enough money to continue being able to do this and slowly make it something that is more gamer yeah. friendly as yeah. he probably proves to many people there is money to be made in gaming yeah you know? and we we also have the dice awards which are the the non-advertiser <laughs> which is great i'm glad that those it's exist great. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um as far as indie games that i i think should have been on any list either best indie or game of the year uh here here's a, a few i had to pull up my gg uh, library um uh, Curse the Golf, I think, deserves a nod for, for best debut indie. That was a great game. We are OFK. Uh, the few episodes I played are fantastic. Um, arcade Paradise. Great simulation thing about running an arcade in, in your laundromat. But here come the, the two heavy hitters that I feel like got shafted. Infernex. Stellar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Infernex right. is a stellar old school uh, very difficult kind of Castlevania s mm-hmm. mixed with souls a little bit. It's fantastic, yeah. but the biggest, the biggest snub, other than Cult of the Lamb, not getting game of the year. Please. Why is Nobody Saves the World not nominated for anything? It's a fantastic game, dude. I Drinkbox does game. it. Drinkbox does sure. it every miss. time. It's so yeah. good. It's so. I good. don't understand yeah, why yeah. it's not in Best Indie. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I haven't played it, so I don't want to act like I have. But oh, it's I have. So- I have failed at this year at keeping up with indies as much as I usually do. And I've noticed that when I look at my list of games, there's significantly less because I'm only playing the bigger games, which I have a lot going on in my personal life. Sure, sure. But I have severely missed the joy that comes. Yeah, there is no excuse. That's right, Joe. That's right. You put me in my fucking place and you tell me you play these games. That's right. You tell your wife, you tell your family, you tell everybody. Not today. I look my daughter dead in the eye and I go, no bedtime story did not. I gotta right. play Cult of the Lamb. Guess what? The princess and the frog, who gives a <laughs> uh, The next question comes from Green Gorilla Gamer. Sup, boys, and sup to the new boys. Esteemed guests, what is your favorite mathematical formula and why? Also, welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players, the beautiful Joe and Kyle. For the players, us less beautiful people, because Joe now looks like Kratos in my mind. Jokes aside, my question (laughs) for the show is, with the Game Awards creeping up on us faster than Jason Voorhees himself, do you think Sony will have a strong presence since they haven't done a showcase at this point? Kyle touched Mm. on this a bit last week, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think about Sony doing this. It would kind of make sense because a lot of people watch TGA every year. Whereas the Sony showcase is smaller in comparison. Am I wrong? Hashtag give us a Spider-Man 2 trailer for fuck's sake. Oh. In other news, I got myself a 4K TV for FREE. So I'm oh, one man. step closer to playing God of War 2018 in what I hear is glory, LOL. Much love. Stay crab raven, boys. Ooh, ooh. Okay, yeah. So, Kyle, we touched on this like last week a little bit. The odds <laughs> of us getting a showcase this year. It's not happening. Uh, do you I've guys listened. buy into the? Uh, do you guys buy into the Sony purposely not doing it to make because themselves of the Xbox not look? thing? So here's the yeah. thing. Yeah. 
We had the more of, the later we get in the year, the more I believe it. Yeah, for the show, Travis, when he was on, he said something very unpopular. He's like, "I'd like to believe that they that they're not doing it because of that, or sorry, that's not the reason why they're not doing it." But yes, <laughs> and yeah, the more that they hold off, the more I'm like, God. God damn it, Phil. <laughs> why couldn't you just <laughs> let this whole Call of Duty thing, you know, why could not you say it eight times before September that this wasn't, you know? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm starting to buy into it. What about you, Brett? I have been very much in the same thing. There's a part of me that just, it sounds like conspiracy theory gold. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of a sensible business move. Like if I remove myself from being a fan, if I was Jim Ryan sitting there and my job rest on how well I can make Sony do. And part of that is whether or not I can keep Call of Duty on PlayStation and preferably keep Microsoft from even getting the Activision merger. Not that I think it's wrong, but if I was Jim Ryan sitting there, I would totally come across in my mind of, we probably shouldn't do a showcase where we all in one sitting show all the great things that we have either making internally that make it look like we're, we're so far out of league of their competition that this would not, hurt anything in the industry yeah and then secondarily all the third-party deals they make where xbox can point a finger and go they're doing exactly what we're doing in a different way so i think when you put all that together you're left with the fact that sony could still have all these announcements spread out across a a couple of different things like hey silent hill 2 remake is going to be ps5 Mm -hmm. exclusive for a little bit and then over here where resident evil's getting some exclusive content oh and then over here here's a spider-man 2 trailer yeah and if you dilute it I believe that it will make you not look as in a position of power to the same degree if you put it on a showcase. So I, I, I believe it, but I we will never know if it's true. But <laughs> I, also, like on the other hand, if PlayStation has a strong presence on the Game Awards, is that not essentially the same outcome? I mean, if See, it's I just, thought that too. So to me, I, I think the the. If but I'm it's diluted still, if I'm oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah, yeah. Lion Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> lying through my teeth, whatever, crying, whatever they say online. Um, I, you gotta, th- I, I was think, oh, if we have one or two games here that people are really excited about, so like we'll show us Spider Man, uh, or mm-hmm. we'll show like The Last of Us multiplayer because Neil like you know hinted at it or whatever i mean that ended summer game fest yeah so like i think you could have i think you could have oh god i hate saying this but like uh not even spider-man spider-man no i I, you know what put that in there you can have like a b-tier announcement and an a-tier announcement of like oh hot damn this is here like a spooder man and then you can have like a b-tier announcement oh twisted metal's coming back how neat uh in in that show so i i do believe at this point, I'm 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 with y'all. Uh, this may be the Maricopa County of uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories, but I'll be down with it. I would be down with it. I I, I honestly think we're gonna get probably three or four PlayStation things at Game. Oh th- no, I, I I think we're lucky if we get to. I think we're lucky if we get. See, to. I feel like y'all are. I feel like y'all aren't accounting for the fact that PSVR two is on the horizon. <laughs> pun intended. Mm, uh, but. When you think of that, I think that there's no way we don't get out of this with at least one new VR showing of something, whether it be first like party, Half-Life Alex. Oh, you took it yeah. from me. <laughs> oh, so sorry, Kyle. Sorry. I was stretching into you. everything. No, it's mm-hmm. fine. The right, moment's good. gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, I think, yeah, the headset 
that means something and it's niche enough where I think it wouldn't raise any regulatory eyebrows if that makes any sense. Again, I don't think so either. Going with the going with the conspiracy theories and I put the tinfoil hat and, right on. Like they ha it'd be in my eyes, my 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 dumb non uh, uh business mind yeah. eyes. It'd be so stupid to have PSVR two coming out in a few months and then not being shown off on a showcase or on a video format. We know stage. they're going to. Do y'all remember right, so, how like, often they the showed like it's a, a death the, loop and yeah, um, yeah. uh, Ghostwire Tokyo? They yeah. that, exactly. they are they understand marketing something to get your most. I mean, dude, the marketing for Ragnarok has been insanity. Uh, insanity. Sure. To be fair with Ghostwire and Deathloop, though, I feel like they went that hard because they were our last hope of Bethesda on PlayStation. Still, fair, fair enough. Like if you can show, like, look how well you performed on our system. Yeah. 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 But I, I think it'd be so smart to have PSVR 2, at least in some shape or form. True. There. Okay, so PSVR 2 will have a presence. Maybe Spider-Man that'll be too. one of the forever ads that you see, you know? Oh, I hope not. It's mixed in with your Magic <laughs> the, the Gathering. Ma- gathering? Yep. Yeah. Right yeah, in between yeah, yeah. the Raid Shadow Legends, you got PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, and I think that that's... I, th- I think that's good enough to get the mainstream audience going, oh, look at this headset. Look at that. That's neat. And then checking it out. And then having a smaller esque announcement to get people excited for. But at this point, y'all, yeah, I'm I, I don't know if we're we're getting one in December. Maybe January, but December, probably not. See, the the thing is is that Sony's at TGA anyway, because the chances that Square is going to take the stage to show off uh, Forspoken, which is hot on the heels coming out in mm-hmm. what, yeah. late January, right? Uh, early yeah. February, one of the two. So Sony is there. They have games that aren't coming from their first party, but they have deals with. Uh, if we end up seeing anything about Final Fantasy 16, I could see that being here. I could also see it not. But point being is that Sony will be there even when it's not directly Sony, even if it's another developer or publisher's name, because they have enough deals in the industry that they uh, they know how to work. I mean, yeah. you know, I, the one thing you can't say is that they know how to broker an agreement with yeah. <laughs> with publishers. They just do. Absolutely. I will also I will also point out that uh, a remake uh, part two is technically next winter. So like, <laughs> you're a right, real crazy son of a gun. You know that? Listen, I got to dream big, Joe. I got to dream right. big. I got to see a little bit more of, of that thing. Well, here's my last question. We'll end we'll end this whole game awards segment with this. And again, I know we haven't finished these games, but everybody's talking about it. I want to be part of the SEO right here. We talk about game of the year needing more people in here, but all the talk of the town is who's going to take it? Elden Ring or Ragnarok? Who do you think wins game of the year at the Jeff Keighley Awards? I'm going to go with you, Oh, man. I feel like it's 2018 all over again, and it's a Red <laughs> Dead 2 versus God of War 2018, yeah, where Elden so. Ring has got a bunch of nominations. So does Ragnarok. I feel like Elden Ring is going to take them all. Oh. And then I think I, I, I do think Ragnarok will will take home game of the year. Okay. What's it? Part, part of me feels like that is true. I think it's the other way around. I think I think Ragnarok wins a bunch of awards. At the end of the, at the end of the day, we're gonna see Miyazaki on stage taking his taking the crown, as it were. Could what's be. A, what's say you, Brett? I think both are obvious answers and good answers, and I don't think you're gonna have too much to go wrong. In the odd part of me is 
looking at this from the online standpoint and reaction, uh, not selecting God of War Ragnarok will have more repercussions that are at least voiced <laughs> on the Twitter sphere uh, than Elden Ring. But Elden Ring, I have a feeling Elden Ring is going to take it Same. just by a small margin, primarily because of the fact that if I were doing this and you want to kind of hush the naysayers, a really good way is to choose a game like Elden Ring that is an obvious contender, an obvious choice, but a lot of people are going to look at God of War Ragnarok being a more conventional game from a very long-running successful series that is exclusive, so it has fanboy armies behind it to help push it. And I think that if you give a game like Elden Ring that, for all the moans you're going to get for people who didn't get God of War Ragnarok as Game of the Year, a lot of people are going, this is going to like legitimize the mm. game awards a little bit more. Cause people are like, they did give it to the underdog game when the underdog game probably outsold God of War Ragnarok by the time it's all said and yeah. done, if we're just being honest. Yeah. And that, that's crazy because no FromSoft game has managed to do that. Well, no, but Sekiro. Sekiro, Sekiro put, won in 2019. Oh, you're put right. respect yeah, on you're Sekiro's right. name. Oh, no, I just meant sales. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think... The thing that God of War has against it is kind of what we spoke against uh, or spoke to earlier. It's like God of War is at this point like a known quantity. We have expectations mm-hmm. of this sequel. We kind of know what God of War is and what Ragnarok will be. And it's more of, of the lack of better words, everybody relax. Uh, 2018 in, in a sense, right? Well, Elden Ring feels like it's something new. It feels something different. Um, it's doing something, um, what I would think maybe some f- people would say, uh, more revolutionary, where I feel like God of War 2018 did the revolutionary part. Ragnarok just has to build upon it, where Elden Ring does something truly revolutionary in its open world um, that I think people will see that and go, I'm going to choose Elden Ring. Though, Elden Ring's also built on the backs of its previous Dark Souls Bloodborne um, um, series and even bits of In more words, you basically said what I was thinking is that Elden Ring is the God of War 2018 to all of the Souls games before it. Yeah. And that it's a very similar structured game, but it it, it reinvents the wheel in regards to that series where it has hallmarks and it also is not afraid to vastly change them up, which is exactly what God of War 2018 did. And Ragnarok is always going to have to deal with the fact that it is not revolutionizing even its own franchise, let alone maybe the industry at large. Exactly. Exactly. That said, though, I think what is and I mean, this is for a spoiler cast that we'll do later is uh, is in its in its writing. Uh, I think Ragnarok is so far one of the best written games that I've uh, been through. Uh, That being said, though, that's enough about the Jeff Keighley Awards. Again, we're going to have our own awards. It's going to be so much better. I put a lot of time and effort into it. I'm very stressed out about it. Everything might just fall out the seams. (laughs) Who knows? Episode 300, check it out next week. We're going to be announcing all that goodness. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Now, Kyle, it's time for the topic that you were chomping at the bit. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) To get into. I can't wait. Go for it. Chris Scullion at VGC writes, Phil Spencer says he's open to committing to Sony that Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation longer term. Speaking on the Verge's Decoder podcast, Phil Spencer explained that he was open to making a commitment that would make Sony and global regular 
regulators happy as Microsoft continues to await approval for its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Quote, this idea that we would write a contract that says the word forever in it, I think is a little bit silly, Spencer said. But to make a longer term commitment that Sony would be comfortable with, that regulators would be comfortable with, I have no issue at all. End quote. This appears to be the first time Spencer has suggested. Oh, excuse me. How dare you? Has suggested that Microsoft might be willing to make clear concessions as regulars, including those in the UK and EU, have been expanding their investigation into the proposed deal. Attempting attempting to clarify that there were no tricks or loopholes to his statement, Spencer added, quote, we think Call of Duty will be on PlayStation as long as players want to play Call of Duty on PlayStation. And that's not a competitive threat against PlayStation. That's just a pragmatic way of looking at it, end quote. When the podcast host Nilay Patel appeared to start suggesting that Xbox could get around this by offering a streaming only version on PlayStation, Spencer quickly interrupted to clarify, quote, native Call of Duty on PlayStation, not linked to them having to carry Game Pass. If they want a streaming version of Call of Duty, we could do that as well, just like we do on our own console, Spencer said. There is nothing behind my back, end quote. <laughs> Continuing to clarify further, Spencer added, quote, it is the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 doing great on PlayStation, doing great on Xbox, the next game, the next, next, next game, the next, next native on the platform, not having to subscribe to Game Pass. Sony does not have to take Game Pass on their platform to make that happen. There's nothing hidden. We want to continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation without any kind of weird. Aha, I figured out the gotcha, end quote. In the same interview with The Verge, Spencer said that Xbox will struggle to continue as a global business if the company doesn't establish a foothold in mobile and that the Activision Blizzard deal is primarily about acquiring Candy Crush Maker King, not Call of Duty. I just like the <laughs> first off, you can tell he's really tired of answering this question over and yeah. over oh, again. Oh, yeah. Um, also, I just love the next game and the next game because it's reminding me of the episode of SpongeBob where Plankton and Mr. Okay. Krabs switch bodies. And Mr. Krabs like, and I'll try it the next day and the next day and the next day and the next next day and the next day. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. All of this kind of just seems silly at this point. But further clarification, I like what he said. Like, the word forever is silly. And I think to expect Call of Duty here in perpetuity uh, from any company is silly. Because Call of Duty, though we can't imagine it now, will not be the same force it was, you know, maybe in five years, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 20 years. Um, so, like, to, to think that they forever had to be linked to making this game on PlayStation is dumb. But... At the same exact time, you're getting clarification of it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I think that's the important thing here. Um, so, you know, we've beaten this <laughs> at this point, uh, this topic, well dead. But yeah. Brett, I want to know your thoughts. What are your thoughts on uh, this whole situation? So, yeah, situation. <laughs> This is nothing new for what what I've been saying in relation to this, okay. but I think I think this interview in particular is interesting because I think it's Phil taking a chance to try and come from what feels like a genuine and personable place, and I think he mostly succeeds. But I think as is any you know president and CEO and figurehead's job. This still could not completely get away from a little bit of corporate speak. And it's important. And I'm not even judging him for it, but I think it's very important to look at the way he worded it because it is 
it is silly to look and try and put the word forever into something. And it is silly to think that someone who owns something should not have the ability to any time they see fit to pull it for their benefit, should they choose to do so. Um, and I think if Sony were given the other side of the shoe and could make something happen and the deal happen without having to give that concession, they absolutely would. Absolutely. I think the only reason that that Bungie happened the way it did is the importance for Sony to get Bungie so that they can use that knowledge to help the rest of their teams make live service games. But I think if Destiny was anywhere as big as Call of Duty, they would be trying everything they could to still keep that exclusive. Instead, they're like, Bungie, keep making your games, whatever, just oh, yeah. help our other teams make their thing. So in that regard, uh, I do think that this is the likely outcome. I think that saying that we want to continue to ship on PlayStation so long as PlayStation players want to continue to play on PlayStation, that will always be the case. There will yeah. never come a day where people who play PlayStation are, are like, I, no, nah, I don't want to play Call of Duty on the system I play constantly and maybe the yeah, only sure. one I own. So mm-hmm. again, it's corporate speak, but at the same time, it is what it is. I expect this to go through, but sure. Chris made a good point in our episode yesterday in the sense that in a way, I feel like this concession and the way he's going about it is I think Microsoft is beginning to feel less confident about it going through. Yes, uh, I, I've been saying this for the for the past few weeks of um, Jim Ryan being a little sneaky is, is working a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I said this a few weeks back of like, if I'm Jim Ryan, <laughs> I am looking in like I'm looking extremely impressive to the Sony at large board uh, because, you know, that boy wants he, he wants to be the CEO of Sony. And I think they look at him as like, holy crap, you just made a trillion dollar company bleed. Um, that's that's something, even if it's a nosebleed, you know, um, that's something. I think it, it is a, a lot different of a tone from let us have competition to, hey, listen, listen, okay. <laughs> that was a little fucking crazy what we just said. <laughs> what we meant was, yeah, yeah all you want it? <laughs> like, it, the tone has changed drastically to, to now they're like, yeah, we're willing to play ball. Now I feel like Jim Ryan's just like, he's pointing out the, the contract he's like okay that's phil that's cute you said all that stuff now let's sign that right right here in this dotted line um <laughs> that's that's what i think it all comes down to at this point because yeah I, there is i feel like uh, outsider looking in there is now a real possibility this thing could not go through but i think xbox is doing all that they can do um to make sure it goes through, which is okay. If it means we, we, we give Jim Ryan a better deal on call of duty, that's what we're going to do. Um, and, and, and I also believe right with you, dude, like this should go through in actuality. Cause I want people like Bobby Kotick to leave. So, you know, for me, I, I feel like it should go through. I feel like the management will be better. I think the employees will, will, leave happier lives because of it and i think that's really the most important thing so yeah it should go it should go through as a playstation fan absolutely can i can i gauge you guys thoughts on something in particular because it it does kind of play into my thoughts are dark but but, you can go for it uh, man mine too uh (laughs) you have no idea something something that we talk about uh in relation to this is just really the way that Microsoft really likes to use PR speak to their benefit. Every company does. But in this particular thing where we're putting a microscope up to them and we're looking at them, I feel like what happens here is that 
they are trying to constantly be a tale of two companies Mm -hmm. because I think by saying something and and saying, we want to continue to ship this game on PlayStation so long as PlayStation players want to play it, it's meant to imply that they're the gamer's friend. And we, we are just in this for the benefit, excuse me, the benefit of gaming. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Hey, listen, I ate a, I ate a mega chimichanga before we came on the show and it was (laughs) delicious, but it's, it's it's coming back around, guys. It, as it always does. Um, Round two. So fight. He. <laughs> that's a fight that uh, I don't think I want to lose. Um, but he he says that, and this is where I feel like Microsoft is constantly trying to use PR speak in their benefit. Sony's been here before as well, yeah. uh, definitely throughout the PS3 days uh, and or, and PS4 generation even to an extent of wanting to say what sounds the best to the overall market, but then constantly working against it with things that you're doing. Because if you mm. really want to, you're you're portraying and implying that you want to be the friend of the gamers, but at the same time, you're going, yeah, but Fallout and Elder Scrolls, two beloved series that have a long history on PlayStation, are just absolutely not coming. And that's completely okay, but be consistent in what you're saying. And be and just if your actual answer is, listen, we this deal is so important to go through that even though we want Call of Duty to be exclusive, because who wouldn't? Yeah. Or I say who wouldn't. Maybe they actually don't because they stand to make way more money as a multi-platform game, it would imagine. But still, if their actual answer here was the real truth of King is genuinely the more important thing here. Well, yeah. Fuck Call of Duty. We don't care. I would put forever in a contract if it meant I got King. If that's how important you truly think King is. But yeah. instead, if you, if you can't operate PR as a, speak. Yeah. Yeah. So what's y'all's thoughts on that in terms of them in on one side of their mouth saying that they want to let players play on the systems that they want to play on uh-huh. and then simultaneously being like, but also only on things that Game Pass is available on. Kyle, I'll, I'll let you take it because hey, I, I, I do feel because I... I uh, reading this article and seeing that that whole billion dollar deal was just to get king. Yeah. Part of me is just like, it, this is just another excuse to kind of skew the conversation. Sure. They're, they're trying to. I also don't think it's wrong, though. Oh, no. I also don't think it's wrong. Yeah. Candy Crush makes a ton of money still. Yeah. A ton. I, of I money. think, I think yeah. you're seeing how a it's trillion... bigger than Call of Duty. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. Yeah. I, but part of me, when I saw this, just, you know, because I, we hate fanboyism. Part of me yeah, just sure. loves, loves the fact that people are generally upset that the head of Xbox said, no, Call of Duty wasn't the reason. The mobile game Candy Crush at your mom plays. <laughs> that's why we bought it. Yeah. I also hate some very that. weird, weird uh, satisfaction I got from seeing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, you toxic fanboys. But there you go. The gatekeeping, you. it comes back to oh, bite you eventually. Yeah, no one, no, no core gamer wants to hear that a company is making an investment for mobile gaming. Yeah. How dare they? But go, go ahead, yeah, Joe. But like, honestly, dude, like, I, you're you're seeing what a trillion dollar company does in terms of making moves to lay down its foundation uh or to build that foundation you're seeing everybody move into the mobile space and make those moves you know you saw like Including 2k Sony. by zynga and you're yeah. seeing sony build something seemingly well, sa- not for sabotage the, uh, what was the mobile studio they made they bought uh savage savage there yeah. you go thank you uh so like you're seeing them build and buy smaller studios to help build something for them. And now that's what you're seeing Microsoft do, but what a trillion dollar company can do, which is buy billions of dollars of, of a whole, whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, there's also a part of me that laughs 
It'll just outwardly at my phone when I see people go, yeah, I wrote to the CMA because you know what? This is ridiculous. It's like, really? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> really, guys? I've like, seen either that, for like, or guys, against. They've got you. They've got you by the goat. If you yeah. care so much that you're writing to the CMA, I hate when people say this, but I have to actually agree for once. Go outside, yeah. take a handful of grass, and just pet it. Just hold on Touch to the it. grass. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Ex- yeah. Exist in the real world for a yeah. little bit. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I have that same feeling when I see people do like a petition uh, for like a change. You know, bring back the McRib all year long. Yeah, like come on, relax. It's come not on, that serious. That's not rib. That's soft, a sofa cushion, and you know it. Like, <laughs> by the way, my brother, my brother, uh, slight tangent. He's like, "Hey, Joe, you want to go to McDonald's? It's the last day you get the McRib." And I'm like, "Absolutely, Mc not." <laughs> I have lived my entire life without eating a McRib, and I Same. will gladly continue to do so. Same. I felt gross when I had one because it's just—it's just what. Wait, so you actually went and got one? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't oh, act. I and you still did. No, I wouldn't drop a <laughs> and not mean it. I would. <laughs> I stand fast. No, this is like a few years back. I had it, and it's just like the idea of what they think meat would look like, slathered in what they believe barbecue sauces a couple of their onions which are delicious and then pickles for some reason and then just through what an idea of bread because none of that's real the fact that they wanted to pretend with a mold that there are bones in that meat is so bold that is the most bold move ever Uh, and honestly it's like bravo because you like someone someone in the market would be like you know what this be real like real more believable like if we just molded the meat to look like there was bone <laughs> this would be and it's worked for and years it, and it worked oh my god uh, quick aside before we yes. go to the next story joe you brought up your brother i want to ask uh his his journey through last of us part two. Ooh, is he any further i don't know i will i will okay. get an update because okay, Brett, I don't know if you know, he he just because of the HBO trailer for the show, mm-hmm. Joe's brother wanted to play Last of Us Part One for the very first time yep. and oh, fell wow. in love yeah. with it, and then immediately went into Part Two. So I'm very yeah. curious See, how he feels. I love this idea. I want to hear this too. Please keep me in the loop because I love the idea of someone who has no years of waiting, no years of expectation right? building, yep. who just goes from the first game to the second game, and if they have all of that, what I am going to truly say is what's incessant whining about ridiculous things yeah the last of us part two is not a perfect game it has pacing issues in the way yeah. they chose to write the story and enact it but i think that the core of that game is honestly fantastic and, and it, it approaches something so close to being amazing and, it, and in many ways is amazing that i can forgive it a few odd pacing choices yeah i think that you could re basically just reshuffle that game and make a game that feels more cohesive and works better. But I still understand the choice that they were making. And yeah. the gameplay, second to none. The Last of Us Part Two yeah. is probably the best third-person shooter I have ever played. It's so yeah. satisfying. It's so that good. combat and is honestly, hmm. it's so awesome to sit there and watch him and be like, and like him going through it. Like, you know, there's a portion, there's a part in Last of Us Part One, and I can't, I won't spoil it because it's new to some folks out there, where there's a choice that you don't get to make. And my brother was just like, wow, I did not like that. There has to be repercussion. He's like, there has to be some type of like repercussion. Like that 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 person must have been important. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait till I, you I see. Love, 
<laughs> I love that that's an exact opposite. Like it's perfect contrast to what people are online are saying. Yeah. Some no, some nobody. Yeah. No, it's okay for you to look and say, no, this was an important person. It yeah. just didn't matter to the story of the first game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you love to see it. That said, Kyle, it's time for the next and final bit of major news here. Oh, I'm so excited. This is for Mac you. Ashworth. I thought of you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. No Mac Ashworth, PS Lifestyle writes, Control 2 in development for PS5 will be bigger budget. Remedy Entertainment has revealed that it has signed a co-development and co-publishing agreement with 505 Games for Control 2, a quote-unquote full-blown sequel to the original release. Control 2 had previously been known as Codename Heron. It is to be a bigger budget control game. Uh, Control 2 confirmed to be in development with 505 Games as co-publisher. The deal between Remedy and 505 was confirmed in a press release. The the piece explains how Control 2's initial initial development budget is 50 million... Is that euros? Yep, euros. Euros. And that it will be built using Remedy's proprietary Northlight engine and tools. Control 2 will be targeting current-gen hardware, including PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. 505 games will publish control 2 on ps5 and xbox series while remedy will publish the game on pc neither ps4 nor xbox one are mentioned in the press release which likely means that the game is being developed exclusively for current gen systems there's also no mention of a nintendo switch cloud version despite the first game being available in that way remedy entertainment is also working on alan wake 2 though the developer canceled plans to show it off during the summer and they're also working on Max Payne remake. And they're also working on that control multiplayer game. Ooh-wee, they got a lot, lot of things of in the oven. Okay, Kyle. First and foremost, I love when you're like, is that Euros? I can <laughs> I could hear the audible sigh from our European. I'm so <laughs> <listeners>. sorry. <laughs> Every time it, it messes with my brain. It's Listen, it's guy. a Prussian Frank, okay? That's right. That's right. Get it right. That's a shilling, sir. You you just said that? It's already out the other ear. It, it's gone. <laughs> All right. So, Clear Wings XYZ writes in, just like you can too if you join our Discord server. Hello, Joe and Kyle. I hope you're doing well. I'm excited. Oh, no Brett Killer Wings? No? All right. <laughs> it's okay. You are good. It's okay. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I, I'll walk into your house. Do I shit in your house? No. I ask first. That's right. Okay. And you go, can yes. you have Febreze? It's about to be a situation. I'm about. <laughs> Jimmy Chong is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and we got no time. Uh, I'm excited for Stray's Game of the Year nomination. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats, and yeah. it's my choice so far. See, look at it. Y'all can hear me, brother. Great um, game. I adored it. It's great. Yeah, I planned it. It's fantastic. Yeah. My question for the show is about Control Sequel. What would you both like to see the most out of it? Thank you both. Ooh. Kyle? Swinging this over to you, oh, my friend, because you are. I mean, Control is your game. That was of the year. my game of the year of 2019. Was Control. I yeah. loved it so very, Mine very too. much. Yeah. Um. I I just think what Remedy did with Control, specifically the old house, is special. And what I want from the sequel, it's weird because I feel like we've seen all of the oldest house, but in on one other like thought we probably haven't seen any of it still <laughs> like i feel like there's still so many levels to that and the dlc kind of alludes to that like there's this whole other area to yeah. it um there's a whole goddamn neighborhood i just i just want them to keep it weird yeah that's really what i want i want more like really cool uh just altered uh, uh items i yeah. want to see more things of guys staring at a fridge because if he 
looks away or blinks, the fridge is going to kill him. Yeah. Like those kind of weird things is, is what I want from it. And to expand on what I think is one of my favorite weapons in games, um, the, the service the, weapon, the, the service weapon and give it more powers, give Jesse more powers, find that, find more to do with her and her brother. Like yeah. speak and, and like do really cool things of, the game ending, but not really. And, and mm. that weird like twist at the end. Yeah. It, it's just so cool. And the ash, uh, uh, the maze. Oh my God. Yeah. More moments like that <laughs> is what I want. Just give Ooh, me a, a stable cool. frame rate. What a cool. And I'm so happy. Weird? No PS4. Cause like, there's no oh, way the man. sequel no way. would be running. They, they blow up. What, the fact you, that you, you, you want a switch version for no, come on. The no. switch would die immediately. Stop. <laughs> Before we get too far over that, I want to yeah. go back to my other comment too. But sure. I saw, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, did you kind of like roll your eyes at the of them talking about the Switch cloud? Yes, version? absolutely. I was, have have either of you actually chosen to undertake a, a Switch my, game through? My internet cloud here is not worth even trying. Yeah. So I haven't either. I do have a Switch. I very very seldom play it, and I don't really want to buy a game to stream it. So I. I I would love to do like a demo like they're doing for like uh, Resident I think, Evil 7. I think, I think there is one. I think there is one. So I want to try it out of sheer curiosity because everything I saw about like Kingdom Hearts 3 stream or cloud streamed looked rough. And yeah. I, it, it's to the point where it's like, why would anyone want to put their game like that if that's the sub optimal way to play it? Like, and you the know, fact we, that there's we talked no about Ethernet Sonic cord. Frontiers earlier and yeah. that game yeah. barely even runs I've, on Switch. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. But, but like the fact that like the, the base model doesn't even have an Ethernet port, it's like, why would I? Why would I do that to myself? So no, yeah, it's yeah, rough. Absolutely. Uh, but, but the other thing I was thinking about it, I brought up Sonic, which I guess is a good segue into the fact that I don't know why, but I guess because I feel like most of my favorite Sonic games, and I don't know where y'all are, because I'm I'm a Sonic fan who has been disconnected from the franchise for a sure. long time because the games just miss and miss. The, the, the meme that exists of, uh, I'm a Sonic fan. Even we don't like the games. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I love true. that. That's great. It, it is true. Like Sonic Mania was fantastic, but like the yeah. 3D Sonic games have stumbled so much. But one thing I've always felt like Sonic has consistently nailed even in 3d games has been soundtrack moments to level uh, moments and i always felt like the maze in control mm. felt like a sonic adventure sonic adventure mm. 2 moment where you put the headphones on and it's just like hitting the streets on city escape with that damn boom boom brick the barrel that baseline hit, and you're like yes analogy. fuck yes yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, sonic and music they have a very ripe understanding and frontiers does not fail on that at all there are some mm-hmm. hype moments from music to gameplay stuff and whew, it I, is but that i felt like control nailed that aspect i felt like this is a sonic game for these 10 minutes that we're yeah. in this yeah. section and it was yeah. super cool yeah <laughs> i i think i'll try front real talk i think i'll try frontiers out when it's like 20 bucks but i don't want to give sonic fans a benefit of the doubt ever because y'all know how, what <laughs> i think about sonic it's he should miles I, per hated, hour is again i still can't he, get over it he just learned that that is tails name <laughs> Miles per like hour. Last week. <laughs> really? Yes, tails be, miles per hour. You gotta yeah. be out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> oh, gotta dude. Be. You know, there's so much, so many of the reasons I love Kingdom Hearts is the reasons I love early Sonic, where it's just like, 
over the top earnest but cliche yeah. and cheesy as hell friend moments but those games can be great when they want to but there's been so many years of not that sure. i would be very interested to hear you eventually touch on to frontiers because i have not liked a 3d sonic game since generations mm. which was 2010 and before that i didn't like one since sonic adventure 2 yeah. so and looking at that frontiers is one of my favorite games of the year, and, and I never thought I would say that. One hundred percent buying That's the game, I had that pit yeah. in my stomach of yeah. like, I have, a, I think I'm going to regret buying this game. And then I started it, and I had to finish it because I was like, I can't put this down to play God of War right now. I have to finish this first. <laughs> Fair you, enough. You and our good friend Mike, same thing. He did not want to play God of War until he platinum Frontiers, and sure enough, I, and I did that and then yeah. started it, and it, and I had a fantastic time it's not perfect right. but man is it a hell of a launching pad for something that could be perfect with the next entry mm. fair enough fair enough well going back to a game that i actually respect um <laughs> <laughs> control listen i i want uh, you know control is the is how i fell in love with remedy i want to see them continue to build off this universe that they're making because i feel like remedy is building the video game equivalent of the mcu and no one else is trying to do this and they are the only ones that i feel like are and building a clear path to to what is sheer insanity that i just can't wait to see how it all uncovers and how it all you know interconnects so to me i'm so in on control i just want to see it have a bigger budget i want to see it end on a good moment rather what i felt was a rather rushed portion of that game it felt like it ended abruptly so giving them the 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 tools they need the time they need and the the money they need to make this game go for it have a ball just make sure it runs at a stable frame rate i'm begging for 30 at this point begging stable 30 ps5 version was pretty great yeah 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 all right yeah. kyle i felt like for I'm the most sorry. part on control though that uh you're, you're right there was a lot of the times i had framer issues where when i tried to pause it and then coming out of pause is like reawakening the game. <laughs> my my <laughs> PlayStation Four had like a seizure. Like, what are you doing? Please. Yeah, and I was playing on PS4 Pro, so I don't know if that did impact a little bit yeah. more. I felt like for the most part the gameplay was solid until you tried pausing mm -hmm. it, and then it's like the game had uh, twenty seconds to catch back up. Yeah. But uh, you, you are talking about budget and, and and answering the question, which I know it wasn't technically it. asked to me, but in answering the question for what I want to see, it's such a hard question to answer because. Like Kyle said, the game is so weird, and I've loved Remedy for a long time. Max Payne 1 and 2 are fantastic games. Yep. Uh, Alan Wake, I didn't play until the remaster, and it's a it's a really interesting and fun and quirky game that it's not perfect. Uh, Control is amazing, and uh, the, the game that hardly anybody ever talks about, but Quantum Break is actually a super... Super I want to go back game. and try it. Yeah. And it's a super fun idea that doesn't always hit, but there's something about swinging for the park and just barely missing that is so endearing that, that you fall in love with the games all over again. Yeah. So yeah. for me, control, I almost struggle to want to answer the question because I want whatever mentality went into making control to be alive and well in the room as they're making control too. And I don't necessarily know that budget changes anything outside of maybe ability to optimize, but control is a beautiful game, striking yeah. art design. It looks gorgeous. If it ran a little bit better, I think it's among the best looking PS4 games mm -hmm. out there just because it's so unique in its presentation. So I, one thing that you said, uh, Kyle, though, is you're talking about the, the oldest house and part of me 
this is a thing I have with with Spider-Man where like I run against the at what point can you keep making sequels in the same place and fair yeah not run against fatigue of the environment and I'm fair. not sure that Sonic is going to have that happen but I think or Sonic Spider-Man's going to have that happen <laughs> but yeah um I thought about that with Control I was like do I want to be back there or do I want to see them take these ideas and brush them into the bigger world that the game hints at you know like we we talk about the uh the other world event or whatever the uh the AWE, whatever it was, yeah, Ultra yeah. World event that happens. So it's like, why don't we go to one of those and go to like Ground Zero and explore yeah, this no. on a wider scale where you're not restricted? But at the same time, the oldest house and the mechanics that allow it to be pretty much anything and everything is a really great starting point. I just yeah. don't want to be playing the game and feel like this just feels like Control DLC. I would, if it's going to be a sequel. Let's 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 amp it up and let's find a way to keep the creativity, the charm, the energy but also do something that feels unexplored. Like their, their, their first DLC, which I forgot what the name of it was, but mm-hmm. it was, it was in the such foundation, a, I believe. Thank you. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, it was in such a, uh, different looking locale, still in the oldest house, but like so unique and different enough, like with desert and rock formations yeah. and sunlight and natural the like be- shining gemstones everywhere. It's yeah. beautiful. So, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, there could be so much more to the house that we haven't seen that they yeah, know of. Exactly. With those kind of environments. But yeah, I'm with you. If we are just circling back to the same office rooms and hallways and the mailroom again and stuff like that, like. All you got to do with that game to me is like, all you got to do is open a door and it's something different. Yes. That's the beauty of it. So, the, to the me, beauty of the design. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's can, like. Go for it. Real talk. I was just saying before we, we move on, you can finish your, your point if you no, want to. No, I'm good. Um, am I the only one amongst us three that are a little worried about how many things Remedy is working on at once? Great question. That's 100%. actually what I was going to go back to. I'm yeah, so scared that they're straining themselves too much in addition to they did the uh, uh, oh my crossfire. God, crossfire story, single player stuff. Alan Wake 2, the the control multiplayer, control 2, all these other things. It's a lot of things that I, I I don't know how to run a game dev studio. It just seems like a lot of real big budget, big it's, things going on at one time. It's like how much of Remedy is actually working on, on each thing. Yeah. On each thing. And how much is this them, you know, bringing out to a support studio somewhere is, is what comes to mind. But it is something like I. To, to take caution to because yeah they are working on a lot they are a independent developer going from project to project and it seems like they've expanded so much uh that it does worry me because like if if these projects you're right is it, a crossfire situation where they're here for the paycheck um that's gonna hurt their reputation it's gonna target so would i also don't want to wait four years to play this game also fair yeah which it probably at this point is what it's going to be but yeah. I don't know. Let's say you, Brett, are you a little nervous? Uh, yeah, I think that that's a, I think it's a fair point and a fair worry in a time where we're hearing about there not being enough people in the industry. So you ask yourself, like, how are they scaling up? Are yeah. they scaling up internally? And if so, where are they getting that workforce from? If not, are they using, uh, are they doing farming out to support studios? Yep. What are those support studios? What is their thing? Because the, the, at the end of the day, the project will rest firmly on, remedies reputation and it will impact remedies reputation much and at least in the public eye much more than it will a support studio uh so you you want them to not fail at that point but also kyle's points about how long it's going to be 
I feel like that's something that gaming is having to deal with. And we talked about Horizon and God of War earlier. And I think part of the reason that we were talking about coming in with expectations of known quantities, I think if we were still in the PS3 era of games being iterated on every two years, as opposed to every four to five, I think those expectations would be a lot less because you don't have Mm -hmm. as much time to stretch and think and games don't have as much time to change the landscape to where by the time you put the game out, everything's changed. It's like, you can look at horizon forbidden West and you can be like, it's a great game and it's really good in a lot of areas, but in some ways it just feels like the perfected version of a 2017 game, but in 2022. And it's like the gaming landscape is different in 2022. And all you did was perfect what you did five years ago. And if you'd have done that in 2019, this is probably a very different conversation in a different game. And I don't know how I feel about God of War yet, but that same thing could be true for God of War, right? It is maybe if you were able to get Ragnarok out in two to three years, as opposed to four, what does that look like and how does that impact that conversation? So in looking at control, it's the same conversation of four years out from now, outside of the fact that it's already been three years since yeah. control released. It's like, do you, what expectations come with control two that are going to be nigh impossible to hit kingdom hearts three face that exact issue because you're setting something up and taking too long to pay off. You're, you're making a great point. Cause uh, you know, our friend of the show, Ainsley, uh, 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 but, Ainsley Bowden of Season Gaming, an old man who has dementia. Gosh, I'm sorry. It's just a lot out of my mind. He's having that problem with God of War right now. He's like, I think it's great, but like, it still feels like a 2018 game. And I feel like that's a, I, I feel like AAA games right now are moving so slowly forward um, where you're right. Like, you're like this, this game, Horizon, great example, is, is great and all, but the the landscape has moved so far ahead of it that, yeah, this feels uh, maybe a year or two behind that, or what I've heard. I don't necessarily believe that, um, but like, or one of the critiques, but like, to me, I, I feel like that is a, a fair enough assessment because it, it does feel like, yeah, AAA games are moving slowly while these double A, while these indie or triple I games are coming out. And truly pushing, I got a chimichanga I'm finding now, truly pushing <laughs> the media. We all have a chimichanga inside of us. <laughs> That's right. Somewhere deep down. Uh, <laughs> it are pushing the industry faster and faster. So, yeah, there. that's that's something to take into consideration. I think it just, it, it goes back to what we were saying way long ago, which is, hey, at the end of the day, got to get our expectations in check of what we truly want instead of this what you're right like when you say nigh impossible task you know at the end of the day this is going to be more control did you like control good now we got to improve upon it so that it feels like it earns that sequel uh and not so much it earns like oh this is just dlc it's a weird balance that they're gonna have to try to take and kyle i think you're right too the, the worry of like they're balancing so much. How are you keeping it all in house? Are you keeping it all in house? Um, what happens if one of these games doesn't hit? What happens if the other game doesn't hit? To me, I, I take a look at this going, well, at least they have income uh, or revenue from different organizations feeding this. So like Alan Wake really does seem like this is the thing. This is theirs. Uh, while you know Control, though they love it, is they're getting that that money from 505 while they're getting money from 2k to go 
make or in slash Rockstar to make those Max Payne games. Mm-hmm. So they have they have room to breathe and room for error, but not much, I would say. That said, though, I don't want to go too long in the tooth. Really quickly, I was wrong. There's five games to develop. There's another code named Vanguard that they're also working on. Uh, To wrap up real quick the point that I had about those games, I guess the best way to look at it is you're right that we, as players, have to get our own expectations to check over what we want. But I think developers and publishers need to get and check what what players want and make games that are more in line with that so that what we want and what they make of what they think we want are closer to each other because there's a reason that Sonic Frontier swept me off my feet and it's because it is revolutionary for its series. Mm. There's a reason that Elden Ring knocked people off their feet. It's revolutionary. There's a reason why Horizon and God of War are both highly anticipated, but they have a little bit of, huh, it didn't quite hit as well as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And that that happens because iteration will never feel as genuine and interesting as something that's carving new, new ground. Yeah, and new, yeah. so I mean, it's been five years since a Sonic game, and the last Sonic game was just more of what they've been making before, and it mm-hmm. crashed and burned. So to that end, expectations across industry and the consumers both need to come closer to a middle ground, yeah. and then hopefully we can get to where games get iterated on quicker because. Um, I mean, it's what Sean Layden said, right? That's Sean what I was about to bring up. Yeah. There you go. Like, Sean Layden's like, dude, development's taking way too long. We actually need to start making smaller experiences. We can't really shoot for 100 hours. We should really be shooting for, like, 20-hour experiences because we're development is, is is skyrocketing this is the way to, to to control the cost and through that the scope of these games you know we talk about like games like ubisoft bloat um that we want to get away from that have a tighter scope so yeah no i i, I agree i think we, we should all seek to be more like sonic <laughs> oh boy <laughs> all right, boys. Boys. run with it that's a it's, snippet i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna say yeah. i have convinced someone that sonic <laughs> it's all a lie <laughs> it's time for flash news gotta run gotta go fast gotta do that gotta run. all right sonic is life <laughs> sonic is love sonic is life god damn it sony will reportedly offer 25 percent off of playstation a new playstation plus subscriptions for black friday so y'all if you haven't already subscribed to the new PlayStation Plus and you're thinking about subscribing to premium for 25% less, probably don't. Still go for extra because that's where you're going to get your bang for your buck. Uh, yep. PlayStation has been working on NFTs and blockchains technology. Oh, this is, comes from a Sony patent over from 2021. Let's say it all here right now. Ready? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Don't do this. <laughs> Or, or I'm there, what NFTs but should be stand for. No fucking thanks. That's right. <laughs> Get him out. Awesome. I don't have a strong opinion on NFTs. I'm in the no thank you camp because no one has been able to prove what their value is. So until they exactly. can do that, no thank you. Yeah. But I'm willing and open to the idea. But right now when we're three, two years into talking about NFTs and no one has any fucking clue what they are or what their value is. You've done nothing. If it's that slow moving of a technology, you should have never announced it to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I say that there are there are applications for NFTs to be used for, uh, like like documents, like you know, like uh, like titles, car licenses, all that stuff. That makes sense. But to be like, here we made a special little helmet and it has a little barcode. <laughs> Give me fifteen bucks. But, is, is but Joe, it's yeah. non fungible. I know. <laughs> 
What's fungible? <laughs> That's my question. That's my question. What is fungible? <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop worrying about that and worry about what the story is in Elden Ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, our priorities are a little messed up there. I'm telling you. Witcher 3 PS5 Enhanced Edition arrives on uh, December 14th. 2022 the quick year fire what's y'all thoughts on the witcher 3 i have I'm gotten halfway through it. halfway through of it i i loved it but i forget the reason why i stopped i will be going back to this game actually there's a question later I, on. Trust I me. i started it at the end of the ps4 era before ps5 yeah. i maybe got eight nine hours in and i was like eh, there's probably gonna be a next gen version yeah I, I well, you were right exactly <laughs> And last but not least, yeah, I'll, I'll edit this one down a little bit. God of War Ragnarok launch was the was bigger than Call of Duty, Elden Ring, and Pokemon in the UK boxed charts. Uh, this comes out of Christopher Dring in GamesIndustry.biz. Um, holy crow! It actually dethroned Call of Duty this week to take the mantle of number one. Twelve uh, percent of all. PS5 God of War sales came from the bundle and 82% of God of War Ragnarok copies sold were on PS5, 18% on PS4. This is huge. Wild. This, this wild. I'm I'm surprised as of this podcast Sony has not bragged about numbers cuz this definitely does seem like this is probably their biggest launch. D- Double-edged sword though. Okay. By talking about this, optics come into play because in many ways this not to say it's right or wrong, but this in many ways down talks the need for cross gen, at least Absolutely. in terms of so far as we're seeing this much of a split is genuinely surprised. I really thought it was going to be much closer to like a 60, 40. Absolutely. Same with the Maricopa County joke from earlier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does. It re- like, yeah, the, the need for cross, like, honestly, I mean, we even saw it with horizon though. I think that's a little bit more skewed because of the bundles, but like, yeah, I, I I think it's time we we can drop PS4. We could go solely into this next gen and um, truly embrace the tech because it seems like people are just waiting for PS5s to go get these games. And been a good year for or been a good few months for them to finally start doing that. Yeah. But to play devil's advocate real quick, while right. I do look at these numbers and go wow, uh, one thing to know is that this is opening week sales. Yeah. So these are core gamers who are going day one and doing this god of wars 20 million sold was not built off the back of only core gamers sure it was built slowly but surely over people as it went on sale and people heard good word of mouth and to that extent these numbers are not painting a true picture the people who are still on ps4 who are probably not as into what's happening at the you know they, they don't have fomo they're worried yeah. about we're probably going to see that number skew more towards a true thing, but this is starting to make me believe that what we're going to see is more of a 70-30 than a 50-50 or 60-40. And that's still rather impressive that that many people are moving and playing this on PS5, Absolutely. if that holds true. Absolutely. Also, and ne- just boxing. Next week's, and next week's Black Friday. Yeah. Holiday season's right around the corner. That number's going to oh, jump yes. big time. Ooh-wee. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, Brett, are you holding on to something? Kyle, are you holding on to something? Always. Okay. Always, Yes. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest deals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront. November 15th. Do not open on PS5. Don't you, I'm going to do it. Don't you dare. I'm going to do it. <laughs> also on PS5. What is this? Inertial drift on PS5. That sounds like a hernia. Uh, Rockito. Ooh, 
a little Spanish rock, and I vibe with this. Uh, PS5, PS4, Siberia. Siberia, the world before on PS5. TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, wait for it on PS5. This is a this is the hey. PlayStation 5 version of this game. Okay. Uh Yeez. Oh God. Lacrimosa of Dana. God damn. Thank you, Brett, coming in for the save like that. <laughs> uh, uh, really quickly, Joe. Inertial yeah. Drift, arcade racer that is very well received. Oh. 4K oh. 120 FPS modes. Ooh, we okay. That, you got me on 120 FPS. Uh, November 16th, Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 on PS5, PS4. Cannot wait to jump in. Oh, I cannot wait. My loins are tight. Uh, Finding the Soul Orb on PS4. <laughs> Super Chicken Jump on PS5. Kyle, you see this? Yeah. What about it? Cheap platinum. 17th of November, <laughs> Goat Simulator 3 on PS5. My Fantastic yes. Ranch on PS5. And Star Sand on PS5. On November 18th, Adventure Academia, The Fractured Continent on PS4. And The Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil in Me in PS5, PS4. That does sound like a Dr. Phil segment. <laughs> right? <laughs> My daughter's got the devil in me. <laughs> Going going back to finding the soul orb. You're bright eyed and bushy tail. <laughs> if wait, wait, Brett, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna cut you off. How is that how is that Texan accent? How is that like that southern draw that I just did? The devil and me. How how is it good? You sound like you come out of a movie, which is great, <laughs> okay. because there is a section around here that sounds like that. Alright, Brett, hold on to your pants here. Me- I, I got another one, okay? <clears throat> By God, how do you like this? Arthur Morgan accent right here. I'm going to say something like my fantastic ranch on PS5. Star saying on PS5. How did you like that voice? It's solid, but I would not have guessed Arthur Morgan. I would have thought like man from like Kentucky or like, you know, like you're not, you're not pulling that vibe in particular from me, but I still is a solid, 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 right? You wouldn't give us a two star review saying that that's a bad voice. You would say that that's a bad review. Well, here's the thing. You didn't have enough. You got to have a little more. A little uh, more growth. voice. Look, I can't Damn it, watch. Dutch. You know Ooh, what I mean? You gotta, that's good, yeah. You got to throw it in there. Right. You're leading me down the wrong path, Dutch. Damn. Now, if they have a complaint about that accent, then you have a complaint about the South. Person well, it's just, that two-star review. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put it in the in the Texas area. You know, Red Dead takes place Red Dead 2 specifically yeah. takes place around the actually not far from where I live, like you oh, know, really? as Texas goes into Mexico. Sure. So uh but yeah, still like I, solid say, as a as a as you know, a carpet bagger as I am. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Cool. I have a question for you. So do regarding you think that, that review my everyday whoever accent, sent that review was full of shit, you think? Because I was a good bullshit. Yeah, thank you. Bullshit. You, you got this in the bag. How does my accent? Because I, of course, like to live in this bubble where yeah. I live in the South, and I don't ever think about the fact that I. I feel like I don't have at least a strong Southern accent. Yeah. In talking to me, do you feel like I have Southern draw at all? Oh yeah, you definitely do. Very yeah. notable. It's okay. it's notable, but like it's 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 not distracting. Like I don't think I have a Jersey accent. And when people, I go, you think I have a Jersey accent? You guy, that's what I'd say. For, forget about it. I don't do that. No one, but we like I say coffee, and people think that's weird. They say it's yeah. coffee. Like I can't even do it. That sounds like a Boston accent. 
coffee. It's, it's kind of it's like the nor- <laughs> it's kind of like the nor'easter thing, but like how water. we say, yeah, water. Look, we we call it coffee. Yeah, that sounds it sounds it sounds normal to me. Water, water, coffee. Now, I'll tell you what we do deal with down here. Mm. There are people that call. I don't know if you have them around. I know that they're very predominantly Southern. But have you all ever heard of Whataburger? Yes, Yes, I've heard of it. Okay. It's very big around here. But a very large contingent of people call it Whataburger. (laughs) (laughs) I would go down the street and get me some Whataburger. (laughs) I'm like, it's what a burger. What a burger. What a burger. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Whataburger. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, if I were to ask both of you, yeah, to describe what do you think the game Finding the Soul Soul Orb is about? What do you think that that game's about? Finding the Soul. I think what you orb? do is you 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 find the you find the Soul Orb. Oh God! What, what if I doing? told you it's a medieval fantasy game where you use your crossbow as both a weapon against werewolves as well as a tool to solve puzzles? Is that what you thought this game would have been? <laughs> no, but that actually doesn't sound as bad as the name would suggest. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, Louise. Right, is that boys. the back of the box read? <laughs> that's the that's the Steam description. Yeah, it's time for our favorite segment and the last segment of the show, the Sony Pony Express. Oh yeah, you did. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. How I'm having too much fun dare. this episode. I'm really having legitimately a great Whoa. time. All right, Whoa. everybody. I'm, I'm offended. I just want you to know. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Sony Pony I'm technically Express. Technically an Arkansan. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. Good. Ready? Three, two, one. We all say yeehaw. Ready? Three, two, one. Yeehaw! That's right, that's right, that's right. <clears throat> Suck a two-star review guy. Yuna writes in, Hey there, guys. Hope you three are doing well. My question this week is what series always have you enjoyed? Uh, sorry. Have you enjoyed when playing? Uh, this past week, I finished Tales from Zero, hopped right hey. back into a Tales game on my list to play before getting to Kuro and Kis- Kisake. Kuro no Kiseki. Gotcha. And seeing Aaron. Oh my God, Yuna, the thirst is real. And I noticed that I always, I'm always smiling or just sitting in pure joy when I'm playing. And with the limited time for myself with school and real in real life stuff happening, uh, what exactly, it's exactly what I need in gaming to always get me hyped. I, so I throw the ball over to you guys. What series always puts a smile on your face? What's a series always, I mean, we're talking about it, you know, Bloodborne, game of the generation. Oh, uh, hold on, she said series. Okay, oh, it's a game. Come on, it's a series. In my you, heart. You've never heard of the Soulsborne series? <laughs> yeah, the no, Soulsborne, no, 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 no. the genre. I'm just giving them shit. I'm just giving them shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I think they're talking about the Trails games, and I've actually never yes. played any of them. I remember they were big. They started on PSP, and I was a, as a poor kid. And I don't live this way now, but as a poor kid, I got a PSP and figured out how to mod it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was able to game and I played very heavily on the PSP. And I know that was one of the series that came from that and then on Vita, but never I gotten around to playing with them. But if y'all don't mind me jumping in and answering first, uh, I have a very easy answer. It's something that's tied to nostalgia and just friendships I've made and the games themselves. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts series never fails to even even at its worst. I just love it. There's something about how corny it's and at its best. The writing When's is. it at its best? Uh oh. <laughs> oh man. Uh oh. That is 
That's at its best, buddy. No, uh, King, dude, Kingdom Hearts one, uh, Kingdom two, Hearts two, Birth slap. by Sleep. Yeah. Dude, all all of those games, even Kingdom Hearts three, which takes a lot of odd steps for a series in trying to resolve a, a very large built arc. Yeah, I still couldn't help but just it, it's it's not my favorite Kingdom Hearts game by a. a by a mile it's the it's the kingdom hearts game i would be the least likely to replay ahead of all the other ones it would be the last mm. i'd replay i still loved it and the entire time i was playing it having those years of payoff from that game alone and my ability to throw on kingdom hearts one two birth by sleep any of those games and just i love them there it, it's a childlike joy that awakens inside of me okay. and it's one of the only announcements when they announced kingdom hearts 3 at that uh you know the the, the e3 or whatever it was um it, I, I felt my heart like palpitate. Like I, oh, I felt it like stop, nice. and I couldn't breathe for a second. And I thought, yeah. of course, I'm an adult. I was like 19 at the time, or whatever. I was like, sure. this is a little too much. I probably not need to be, but, but that excitement, that true excitement that can catch yeah. you that way, it's, it's a nice joy. It, it kind of, it reminds you that the world's not as bad as it's sometimes real easy to. You get into the milieu of day to day life, and yeah. Kingdom Hearts is that joy for me. It's, mm. it brings back that side of me. And while I'm playing it, I'm just in a great mood. Yeah uh for me it is soulsborne man like that genre i know i'm cheating a little bit but like it there's just something about it where i'm just get, getting lost in those worlds um like you know bloodborne is a, is my happy place i say this a lot and people are like what like uh, like we went to extra life we raised nine thousand dollars humble brag team uh carpool gaming uh mostly sean i was just there to just mock him but like there was a big projector <laughs> screen i was just like i need to get bloodborne on that projector screen and I legitimately played 30 minutes of, of Bloodborne and I just tuned out the entire world. And just like that. Yeah. And, and I did everything flawlessly, you know? I, I love how that is your uh, retelling of what was supposed to happen. We were supposed to co-op the DLC and you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to play on the big screen. I have Forget other you. <laughs> you see, you, when you have a Forget big you, screen. Kyle, whatever, it's fine. Kyle, if I had to choose, real talk, if I had to choose you in a like 300 inch projector, Sorry, yeah. bud. Three hundred wow. inch yeah. projector. Yeah, you're about two hundred and ninety four inches short. Yeah. Sorry, Damn. bud. Sorry, bud. Mm. Kyle, what's your what's your happy place? Also, real talk. Um, most Nintendo stuff really does like Mario is is a happy place. Like that's a mm. that's a great series to just get lost into. I have a, I have a quick confession. Go for it. I, I don't I don't like Mario. I don't hate it by any means, but I've never liked a Mario game. I've tried, and it's never clicked. Hey, fair enough. Sonic, Sonic. That's why when people say they don't like Sonic, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) I don't like one of the most popular things, you know. Uh, But that's fine. Real quick, while you're talking about um, your your Soulsborne games, uh, did you get around? Maybe even prior, but have you played Demon Souls? Oh yes, I would have the platinum in that, but like the world tendency thing is is awful, awful, and (laughs) I I just can't get it. I just can't get it to work. So yeah, no, it's. I hate it. Did you yeah. play the PS3 version or did you come around no. to it with the remake? PS5, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. both so. are great, but the PS5 version is hands down the best way to play that game. Absolutely. It's so good. Absolutely. Yeah. Kyle, uh, happy place. Final Fantasy is easily my answer yeah. for series. It's Beautiful. It's my go-to PS1 uh, remake part one. Uh, I wept just in awe of how great that game is. Uh, great series. Uh, honestly, I'm finding myself smiling a ton with god of war ragnarok mm. i know it's weird because it's like a serious in tone but there are so <laughs> yeah. many cool moments that are happening that i can't help myself but smile yeah. reading the yeah. collectibles and like oh 
this is cool or yeah. hearing the Mimir stories, just a huge smile on my face, the character interacting. It's everything I want. But another one is Uncharted. Mm. If I were yeah. to pick a, a, a PlayStation series, it's Uncharted. Just a good old time, uh, you know, with with, with Nate and Sully. Just, you know, I, I find that Great. I find that joy really comes. Joy is very intrinsically linked with nostalgia. And I find myself in God of War Ragnarok specifically, I find myself having those kinds of like really joyful moments when the game is talking about the history, like when it's yeah. mentioning things from like Demos or Calliope. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. And and that was Calliope. some of my favorite moments of 2018 as well, where mm-hmm. it's like, you're just, you're having those moments. Like it's, it's, there's something about the dopamine hit when you're like, yeah, the game is not forgetting when, what came before. When you hear enemies just drop, uh, Go, you're the ghost of Sparta I've been hearing about. I was like, oh yeah. my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? Uh, my tainted brain writes in. So, if you guys had the opportunity to voice one game character, which character would it be? Real fast, real fast. One game character. It'd be Clank. Ratchet. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. That'd <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Uh, what about you, Ratchet. Brett? Um, you, you know, up until. Um, up until Christopher Judge yeah. decided to come in <laughs> and 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 make Kratos basically impossible, I I love the the T Carson uh, mm-hmm. voice acting, mm-hmm. and I used to constantly be like Zeus. And I just I love that voice. It's so fun to be like, <laughs> your son is returned. You know, it's it's a it's a super fun voice. That's a good one. And I'm I'm actually I'm really glad that. I don't. I feel like Christopher Judge, while having a very distinct voice, he does sound like an older, wiser yes. TC Carson. Like I, I can hear the connection, and I love that they were able to change the voice actor without coming to a point where it feels like it's changing the character. Because Sonic Frontiers has got Roger Craig Smith um, as I've heard Sonic. he sounds like an old man. He's honestly he's fine, but I recently replayed Adventure Two where it had the original voice actor. I can't think of his name right now, uh, but I love him. He's got this cockiness to him in the original games, and the new one eventually grew on me. But it took a long time for me to kind of get used to that because Generations is the only other time I'd played one with him. So voice actors play a real pivotal part. But yeah. uh, I, I, I do I love Kratos and just busting out those lines. You know, I bring with me the destruction of Olympus. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I think I can rock a Mario. Are you guys ready to hear this? <laughs> Let's go. Right. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, where's the f- gobbledygook? <laughs> That's classic Italian right there. Huh? I'm going for a Chris Pratt, you know. Not, not only have you uh, ruined <laughs> Nintendo fans, just Italian people in general. That's fair. Why not offend multiple? I- yeah, I'm pretty sure Nintendo's gonna call you up and be like, "Guys, hey, can we get you hey. to quickly revoice Mario in this movie?" Yeah, Miyamoto's like, "Yo, I heard the trophy room, and you f-ing nailed it." <laughs> That's what we were looking for with yeah. Chris Pratt, but just I called get my it. friend Michelangelo. I go, "Guys, nailing it!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a callback prior to the show. All right, <sighs> Crash Bandicoot would also be fine. Nothing like a whoa, you know. That's. <laughs> Classic PlayStation love. That's right. Uh, Kevin Ainsworth writes in, Hello, everyone. As someone who's wrapped up God of War this week after 25 Ooh. hours, I'm doing a good amount of side contact content, and I'm left disappointed by the story. <gasps> How dare you? 
That isn't to say that I didn't like the game, but I walked away feeling not every question from 2018 was answered. Well, come to find out that some answers are sprinkled in the side quests after the game. This annoys me a lot, and no spoilers, but in my opinion, having what I consider vital vital story beats and explanations hidden in optional side content is poor design. Curious on what your thoughts Mm. are. I have not done all the side content. I've done a lot of it. Um, And I I can't, uh, honestly, I can't go into detail, but I disagree on some aspects of like vital story beats. Like I understand where you're coming at with, I think a, a certain side character and no spoilers, but like, their side quests are very much mirrored to like Ghost of Tsushima. So you're really getting what you're putting into it. Um, and I don't mind that one bit. So to me, no, I, 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 I like that I could choose to explore certain characters or not to uh, hmm. explore them. That's all I'll say. And, and I kind of like, like that. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say like, and the game actively gives you points to be like, Hey, we don't have to go do this thing right now. Yeah. Cause I feel but like maybe, I cheated myself a lot. Let's give this person a little bit of space. Let's go yeah. do our own thing for a little bit. Cause I feel like I cheated myself on 2018 because I think, I feel like I did something prior where I was just like, the story got so good. Or I was just like, I I'm just forgot the side content. I just want to mm. go in front. And I feel like I did myself dirty there, but that's me and not so much the game. I feel mm-hmm. uh, Brett say, what say you? Uh, you know, you were talking about Ghost of Tsushima and how they kind of approached uh, pulling in side content where like you spend time with a character yeah. and you work through their story and, and you work with them. And in a weird way, God of War is doing that by tying characters to realms in, plenty, yeah. in many of ways um, and letting you go back and operate within that. And I do like that. I Because I've not finished it, uh, Kevin, I'm not going to say too much either outside of this, but I think I kind of feel what you're feeling at least in so far as i've played but i still have a lot of room for that opinion to change so what i will say is that right now that i do find myself at times feeling like joe you said the game is dense and i think that that's really a great way to put it the problem with that denseness is that sometimes the denseness and the need to exposit and give you certain story elements and make things happen come at the point of pulling you out of the gameplay and creating very boring gameplay experiences. And there's one particular section where uh, my buddy timed it. And I know I felt the same way. And we were talking at work today. I know like, exactly what it? point you're talking and about. And he was like, didn't it feel like it was just you pushing an analog stick forward? God and I was bless. like, yes, yes, exactly what it felt like. Yes. And it felt like as much, yes. as cool as what I was learning was, I never felt like why, who designed clapped, this and thought way, it was fun that, from yeah. a gameplay standpoint. Yeah. So, when, you, when you're looking at that, I do feel like there's some issues where the game is dense, but I don't always feel like it's using its time well. Uh, and I get that that's a really hard balance to strike. And there's also a really hard balance to strike of what is can, what is vital and what's not and when to put it in the main story that's already so dense. Do you want to make it more dense by putting more stuff as a mm-hmm. mandatory thing that has to get out? It's a really odd tightrope balance. But I do feel like if by the end of the game, I'll agree with you. If by the end of the game, I feel like some of the things I've had issues with, I will lean a little more towards a sign of at least less than stellar design in a particular aspect. But I do want to have more time with the game. And I I know that being a a designer of any aspect of a game is, is rough. And I know they had to make a lot of tough calls. 
Yeah. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, right yes. now, I'll say 2018 is still my preferred game of the two. Sure. But as I said to many people, being even, and not saying I think it is, but let's just say for the sake of argument, let's say God of War Ragnarok happens to be the worst God of War game. Yeah. What is the problem with being the worst game of a fucking yeah, yeah. stellar series? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I, I, I get you. I, go for it. No, you're, you're chomping just, just there. I was just going to say, I, I want to use this as an example for what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where, like, love what you love, even if you disagree with it, don't let it dissuade you. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. disagree with both of you more when it comes to that section in particular. Oh, you I know what every, section? I loved every single second of that. Because oh. I'm I'm in it. I'm, I'm so immersed. I want to hear what they're talking about. I want to take it in. Fair. And... And I enjoy every single line uh, word. I'm like, well, also chopping at the bit for more, 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 more. Yeah. But I also feel like that could also be because I am still so fresh from my replay of 2018. Sure. That I am so mm-hmm. close to it that I'm just like, it's very much of watching previous Marvel movies leading up into a brand new one. Where I'm just yeah. like, I want every, I want to uh, absorb every single second. Yeah. So I'm playing this as. If there's a side quest that comes up, I'm doing it immediately. Yes. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing that too. I'm just doing to be everything. everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. how I am with games anyway. But for sure. Thing too, I think me coming off of Sonic, I do think is painting this a little bit because Sonic is so. I hate how we're, got, we're referencing Sonic so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's it's, it's painting me. It's yeah. important to this because of the fact that um, God of War is a game that has a fantastic story and then really good gameplay that is really in service of the story. And Sonic is flipping it on its head. It has really great great gameplay and then a really, a pretty good story for Sonic, but it's in service of funding more gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I even think at some point in time, God of War as a series was like that. But when you're coming off of something that's worried about making as much of the gameplay as fun as possible, as often as possible, having eight to 10 minutes where you feel like you're just pushing an analog stick coming right off of that. Oh, for sure. Jarring. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think so in, in case of this point, again, we're off the beat here, but, um, you're right. I think one of the problems with God of War Ragnarok is like the combat is so good that when you get to that portion of the game midway through, um, you're like, oof, can I just go back to like hitting things with my axe, please? Like, I'm really in this. But it, without it, saying too much, the combat for one particular leg of combat is surprisingly fun. And I feel like that section fights against letting me do more of that. Yeah. So go ahead. But, and, but it, it's also, it's just like, well, like Kojima, like Kojima will have a literal 30 minute cutscene after I just got past some BT. So like there's some give and some take. It's just ex- what you're expecting from that series. So for me, you know, I, I, I'm not coming off disappointed. I, I have this weird thing where I'm a Star Wars fan. So not every sequel has to be better than, you know, Empire. But there are g- movies that are better than Empire. Cough, cough, Rogue One. It's true. We can acknowledge it. It's okay. So good. Um, so good. But like, I, so I could come off with a sequel of just being more of the thing I love. And that's what Ragnarok is to yeah. me. It's like more of the thing I love. So please give me more of this. And they are. And at its worst, it's still that. Yeah, exactly. So to me, it's just like it, 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 it's stellar. And I think the, again, you, you get what you put into it in terms of the side content um, is, is truly special. And it is some of the best side quests I've ever played in a game. So mm-hmm. to me, yeah, I, I'm, I am, 
feasting on this game right now. I can't I can't get enough. But there but are also some Kevin misgivings. totally cool that how you felt no, about it. It's not. That's cool. No, how dare you? It's fine. Drellish writes in. European greetings, uh, gents. My question this week is simple. What game will you be playing between the Christmas and January uh, time Mm. this year? And will it be influenced by the uh, game of the year poll results? Funny enough. Well, he says, love the show. Keep it up. Funny enough. uh, Since I've played all the things on the game of the year list for the most part, um, it won't be. Oh, you got that Xenoblade? Under your belt? I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Uh, no. That being said, Witcher 3. Witcher 3 and I think Gotham Knights will be my games. Mm, what say you guys? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Go Brett. ahead, Kyle. Oh, oh, oh Brett passing. Oh, oh, go for it. Oh. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, 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 probably. No, I'm going to play that on release. I was I was going to say Midnight Suns, but I'm playing that as soon as possible. Fair. Yeah, probably going back to Gotham Knights, going to as much as I wanted to play it before our Trophy Room uh, Awards, like Ghostwire, games I missed. Uh, I want to get back and actually finish Horizon, uh, you know, actually make another attempt after the update of Sifu. Like there, there's a lot that came out that yeah. I want to give another mm. shot to. What say you? Uh, Ghost, Ghostwire is a very interesting game. I, I think you should get around to that because yeah. uh, when you look at what makes Control interesting and unique, uh, I'm not, Ghostwire is not a perfect game, and mm-hmm. it's not even going to come up in the game of the year, but it's an experience I had this year that it just felt like it was unique and charming enough that it felt like that's this is I'm not intrigued. something you get to play very often. Yeah, that's why I'm intrigued you know? by it. Yeah. Um, you know... To answer the question specifically of whether or not uh, the game of the year poll results will influence me, uh, no, I don't see that happening. There's always a possibility. Uh, but that's also because, as we were kind of talking about, with the fact that there are so many games that we've not been able to play and some that I think are very likely to end up on my list from what I've seen and heard, um, we're opting and we're kind of discussing it. We were talking about how, like y'all mentioned earlier, the deadlines really create issues uh, with both recency bias because games that come out immediately after the deadline are almost always completely missing from the Game Awards nominations, whether they were great or not. Um, Because it's like they're so old and they're still technically in 22 sometimes or so early in 20, you know, it's early in uh, 22 or they were the year before. So where you start to associate them with that previous year and they don't really occupy your mind the same way so what we're personally doing for our show we used to do it where our last episode of the year was always our awards yeah and we're internally discussing because we want more time and we want deadlines to not have to be an issue we're we're discussing doing a calendar year where we really look at games that only came out in 2022 and we do not do the episode until like the second or third week of january where we have a Mm. little bit more time to play things and because like, I'm a huge racing game fan, if Gran Turismo 7 didn't yeah. make that obvious, uh, but I also like non-sim racing games. So as much as I was worried because I really liked Ghost Games take on EA or uh, on uh, Need for Speed, I actually am incredibly excited about what I've seen so far for Need for Speed Unbound. So I can't yeah. wait to sink my teeth into that. And I want to be able to talk about that should it be that good in Game of the Year. So I think what I'll be playing is primarily going to be determined by what I want to catch up on to have an earnest discussion. And there's a very high chance that between Christmas and January, I might be playing Signalis and mm-hmm. 
Cult of the Lamb and a couple of the indie games that have looked really promising that I just haven't gotten to. Uh, there might be a little more cleanup. I ended up playing Hot Wheels uh, Unleashed or whatever it's called. <laughs> yes. Dude, it's it's, it's fun. so good. It's fun, it dude. Has no business being as good no as business. it is, but it's charming and unique. And I know mm. I've said charming a lot, but it just is. It's yeah. so novel. I, I've had a I had a blast. I started playing it. I played like twelve hours the day before Sonic, and I only played it for one day. I just was glued to it that yeah. day. Um, I, so yes, I want to get back to it. And, and that's the thing, like with our award show, because there are so many moving parts this year. You know, we're trying to really build the foundation of something that is going to be. I think pretty damn big in terms of what indie podcasts are going to be doing that we have to give it a cutoff and I will be talking to folks behind the scenes of games that could be coming close that could be considered in certain categories that because we're maybe a day or two short won't be, you know, there, but sadly just because of how Twitter is right now, we honest to God don't know if the platform's going to be there in the next few weeks as several warnings have been, have been you know, uh, laid out in front of us. So it's like, okay, well, do we strike while the iron is still, you know, there exists, um, you know, because we, we want to get as many eyes as, as possible on it. And so that's, that's the, that's the hard thing that we find ourselves in because we want to get as many people engaging with this as possible. And at the same exact time, so many um, people that we'll be talking to throughout the month of December that it's like our vote voting is going to probably begin in December and it's going to probably end early January and the episode will probably be out in, yeah, like mid January too. So like, honestly, in, in, in actuality, I'll probably be editing this award show together during <laughs> that Christmas break. It's, it's going to yeah. be very intensive. So I got patreon.com slash PS review makes all that possible. Well, so uh, Joe, as you kind of say, I think yeah. we come back to that idea of where even at the level of, uh, being enthusiast as we are, I think you just kind of brushed against what we talked about earlier, where we use this platform and our platforms under the podcast to be uh, our ability to express our love for the art. But that does come with the feeling of that you want to make sure that you're investing your time in something that you find worth it and that people yeah. are being able to engage with. And there, therein creeps the business aspect. Yeah. To where, you know, there's a part of you that's purist that goes, well, it shouldn't matter if Twitter's there or Twitter's not but then there's the other side of you that's like, yeah, but you don't want to be screaming into a void. You want to work with people and talk with people and get eyes on the show. Yep. And that's not wrong. That's it's, it's part of how it goes. So it's, it's art fighting with business all over. Exactly. Again. <laughs> and really it, 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 and it is, but the one thing that we won't do is of course, ignore the, the games that came out in December of 2021. Um, of and course. which we actually still didn't, we still had like games like Halo in our, award show for like the best non expo or non PlayStation game. So like for us, we're still able to keep that purity, but you're right. It is a balance that we're, we're, we're fighting right now or, or trying to find the balance of, um, because it, it's, it's difficult, you know, no, you know, we're always about transparency. Last, uh, award show kicked off some of the, the highest growth that we've seen of this podcast. Um, because of the way that we were able to use social media for it. So like, yeah, if I'm going to be pouring probably like eight hours into editing this thing, 
I you want deserve people to get to something back out of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's and, and congratulations, by the way, that y'all <laughs> are able to grow. I mean, <laughs> really, it's a very competitive scene and your work deserves to be paid off. Yeah. It, it's just we all have to be willing to acknowledge that every aspect of life has some level of business. Even yeah. we're just lucky that we're equipped to be handling it from an enthusiast first and a business second standpoint to where we yeah. can grow and we can afford to do this without having to constantly dig in our own pockets and bankrupt yourself just to be able to talk about games. And it's so great that we have people who help support us do that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's a constant battle. Thankfully, we're just when you're a small enough organization, it's a lot easier to fight that battle than it is mm -hmm. when you're a very large one. <laughs> and, and you got to pay like people's like insurance and stuff. <laughs> yep. Thank goodness. All right. There's we got less on the line for us. <laughs> way less. So we got one last question here. I'm going to target here to maximum carnage and they write in greetings, slanger and banger and special gate guest slanger two and banger two. maximum carnage. Knock it off. Uh, nope, <laughs> gentlemen this week i platinumed <laughs> the poo poo garbage game known as babylon's fall love it love it uh congratulations my trophy hunting <laughs> hobby came at a price the other day the first time in about five years my father decided to take a brief interest in my life and came into my room to see i love that oh what up okay. son uh, the how are you doing here <laughs> All right. Uh, it's the meme, are you winning, son, in real life? Yeah. Are you winning, son? I love it. Yeah. Uh, I think No, even I'm playing he, Babylon's Fall. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> you've never been more disappointed. <laughs> Babylon's Fall? Hmm? In my house? <laughs> All right. Uh, I think even he, a six-year-old man, understood what this game was and barely made three minutes before leaving. See, yeah, even he's just like, my, that wasn't far off. If only he had uh, held off until today where he would have seen me start playing my first playthrough of God of War 2018. Never mind, I plan to get him uh, with The Last of Us TV show. Yeah. So my question, do you have a fond gaming memory that includes bonding with your parents? Or are there any games you think your parents would enjoy playing slash watching? My mom is like my number one fan. She is so cute. She's like, awesome. she is very much like, are you winning yet, son? But she's like, you're winning, son. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my favorite memory, y'all, uh, I'll say it. So I'll give you both time. Uh, I was in Espanol and my father and, and his and his brother were just like video games. Show. Seriously, come on, knock it off. And I go, OK, well, how about if I just show you a video game? Like, like what it is. Cause you're thinking it's about a bunch of beeps and boops. And I'm telling you there's something more here. And I showed them 20 minutes of the last of us, um, the opening and my father finished with. So wait, that's a, that, that's a video game. Is there more? I'm like, absolutely. There is. So that is the moment where he was just like, Oh no, this isn't like, there's actually something here. And so shout out to my dad for, for giving me 20 minutes of his precious time that he could have been watching football. But, you know, uh, that that is one that's fond because he was in awe of what this medium actually is. Kyle, what say you? Oh, I, I have a great memory of my mom. But first, with my dad, uh, he used to race uh, drag racers mm. for a living. So when I... Uh, well, not as living uh, as oh, a you've told me this. This is great. Amateur, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, as a hobby. Hobby. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so he, um, 
whenever there was a racing game like uh um why am i blinking uh like in the old school nascar on ps1 oh. like the old school ones uh to, to have him play along with me and watch me play or he was a, also a big golfer so playing like tiger woods back in the day but when yeah. i i got psvr and i put him in the drive club a VR demo that came on PlayStation World. Hell yes. Hell yes. He was yes. like, whoa, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never, never got him to do it again, yeah. but uh, that was there. But I, I, don't, I don't know if I said it on this podcast. I know I've said it on others. I blame my mom for getting me into video games because oh. there was a morning. Uh, I believe it was a morning uh, when I was real little. Uh, me coming down the stairs to her screaming at the TV playing Super Mario Brothers. Mm. on nes and being so in it and yelling about the stupid princess that got captured and and mario trying to save the day and me sitting next to her and watching her play and i blame her for that so every time she's like oh kyle you keep playing video games girl i was like listen it's your fault yeah (laughs) you're the one that got me into it so who's laughing now uh so that's a memory that i i I cherish for sure there you go brett i'll 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 let you finish this off here. Favorite well, gaming real quick, memory. Uh, commenting real quick on your dad. Uh, I love that story. I did, it's, it's a great story. Uh, but I do think it's also important to note for anyone who may, and not that you're saying this, but for anybody who may be thinking about it, games don't have to be The Last of Us to be yeah. of value. Uh, and I know that you all, of course, agree with that. Mm-hmm. But the sad truth is that games like The Last of Us and Uncharted and God of War Ragnarok have an easier time selling the medium to people outside of it yeah. because for some reason it needs to be able to be taken serious before your people can let their guard down yes. and be like, no crash bandicoots are just fun because you run and yeah. jump on fucking platforms. And this dude with a giant head shoot stuff at you. It, <laughs> you know, it, they're all viable. It's just yeah. one's easier to tell the others, but one gets them through the door. Right. Yeah. So like, and that's it, important. And so they're just like, Oh wow. Okay. And then from what my experience is, they'll see the last of us and be like, Oh, well, okay. And then they're able to go and look at another game that like, you know, is, is something, you know, totally different. Like, yeah, like a Mario or a crash, but then you like, you take like an indie game, like stray, or you take a, you know, a, a, an indie game, like cult of the lamb and they're able to kind of go, Oh, okay. So this, Oh, there's a there's a spectrum here of of what you can. Yeah, you can it plants on. a seed of intrigue that's very yeah. important for people who are not common to the industry. Yeah. Uh, and any game can do that. Any game can, but there is gateway games, and The Last of Us for as much as people think it does or does not deserve some of the awards it's gotten, it has been a magnificent and significant gateway game for a lot of people. Um, So going back to fond memories of parents though, I'm actually really lucky. A a lot of my hobbies in life came from my father. And it's funny, Kyle, you're talking about your dad being a drag racer. My dad too did that as a hobby. Uh, So a lot of my childhood memories are riding around in his drag truck that he would do. And it was, you know, we'd listen to Van Halen and stuff. So all of my musical taste comes from him or at least I was introduced to it and games too. Uh, so he's a big, he was a big gamer and he still is to some degree, but as you get older and your skill fades, you fall a little bit. But uh, the first console I ever got was my dad had passed us down uh, after he got a PlayStation one, he had passed us down the Sega Genesis. Mm. And the first game I ever played is this very niche game that hardly anyone knows called Chuck rock Two: son of Chuck. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I know Chuck rock. Yeah. And you play as a caveman baby. Yeah. And you run around with a big club and you can beat shit. And then I played a game called Boogerman. 
And I Booger love Man. Booger Man. Yeah, Booger Christ. Man's great. Uh, Booger Man, a pick and flick adventure. Look it up yep. if you have it. It's amazing. <laughs> I you own fart, that cart somewhere in this house. Dude, me too. You <laughs> fart, you can you can charge your fart up, and it can knock out goblins in the sewer, and you can flick boogers at them. God damn it's, it. it's amazing what games can be. Uh, but yeah, my dad was really into it, and he's, of course, a big racer person, so he's always loved racing games. He got us into this great ps1 game that some people know is actually the the team that went on to become polyphony for gran turismo yep. they made a game called motor tune grand prix and it's like a kart racer with a very art like a very uh, animated art style where the cars have like you know they they morph and stuff based off what you're doing it's an incredibly fun game i play it all the time still uh, it's a ps1 class you can get on ps3 um it's a great game and i love it but my fond memory for my dad is uh the my it's it's tied into a sad memory it was like right oh, when no. my parents were getting a divorce oh no my mom bought my dad a ps2 to try and like save the marriage when they're in that part <laughs> oh, of it you know it's okay. like they're all trying to do stuff yeah. for each other so my mom got a ps2 for my dad i woke up the day that that happened and i didn't know it was coming but i woke up i didn't feel well so i, I had a, a fever i fell asleep on the couch and i ended up waking up to my dad who like was checking in on me and after he made sure that I was good and checked my fever and that it was lower, he kind of looked at me, smiled, and then said, I got the PS2. And I was like, no way! <laughs> was like, you want to play with me? And I remember we sat down, hooked up the PlayStation 2 together, and I was so hyped. You know, it's like, even though yeah. I felt bad, you know when you're a kid, like that high energy is just pushing sure. you way past that shit? Sure. And mm-hmm. I stood, I got up, and we were doing that. And it's funny you brought up NASCAR, because it was the blue back disc of NASCAR 2001. Wow. Yeah, 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 and we put it in, and me and him raced together. And I was That's young; awesome. I was five or six when this happened. So, uh, my dad used to just let me turn around and go backwards and wreck people, <laughs> or he would turn around, go backwards, and wreck everybody so I could win. Nice. That's awesome. And I love that. I still talk to my dad about gaming to this day. Uh, he actually uh, he's super hyped for Gran Turismo Seven, but he wants to wait until he can get a PS Five to play it. Because he doesn't want to play the lesser version. That's he, right. like me, has got the cockpit set up with a racing oh, chair with wow, an attachment for wow. the wheel. So that that paints my Gran Turismo 7 experience. Yeah. I played the yeah, entire yeah. thing with a with a high-dollar Logitech racing mm-hmm. wheel and, and pedal. So I, I love that. I love when parents can take a second and look in. And even when my hobbies that were largely inspired by my dad and went well past him with like my taste in music going way heavier than any of the rock he ever listened to. Yeah. He's still very <laughs> and open to it. And I've gotten far more into games than I think he ever truly was, but he's just, he likes it. And we find joy in having that to talk with each other about. Yeah. It, it is a great thing when your parents can come into something that is such a part of your life. Like gaming is for me. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think like, that's like my mother is, is that supportive force it with me where my father is just like, he's, he's more passive. He's like, oh, you, you do you like my, my, yeah. like one of the biggest moments with him was like, he angrily bought us a, an N64. Uh, and then we <laughs> needed a uh, composite cable. Because we had an old Mitsubishi uh, TV, and I remember driving on Route 17 to that Toys R Us that now no longer exists, and just him ranting oh, and raving. Be careful, Joe! Assassinations are coming. Oh, well, I mean the assassination <laughs> attempt—you missed it. You, you could have John right. Connored me, but you missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the shot. <laughs> well, no, now technically, I mean time travel could be possible. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you want to assassinate a jo- or John Connor me. Uh, 2000 well that's sorry not 2000 uh 1996 it's a rough patch 
my father's just trying to make the best of it. Again, Route 17 South. We were in traffic. It was a tan Ford Taurus. So make the best of it. Go for it. Uh, and don't f- miss. <laughs> uh, or I'll come back for you. Exactly. <laughs> I'll remember. Um, but yeah, like him ranting and raving, like this is the last video game thing I'm ever going to buy you. And then cue, like, cue the always sunny music of like, this is not the last thing. <laughs> this guy will buy his son. Uh, but yeah, that said, listen, this has been a long episode of the trophy room, but let me tell you something, one that I enjoyed so much. And I want to thank you, Brett, for being a part of it. Let everybody know Absolutely. where they can find you, where you to check you out. Take it away. Oh, for sure. Well, I'd like to quickly reciprocate that this has been a blast. I'm so glad uh, that this was something that Sean one Neo, one of our, uh, you know, shared audience members had uh, put into a, a simple tweet about something he wanted to happen. We have a section called the community's take where we wanted to, we, we let people kind of give answers to questions that we pose. And that was one of the five headlines he wanted to see happen in 2023. And That's I'm awesome. happy to say that we were able to sneak it up into the yeah. 2022 year. <laughs> so, um, and it's been a great, great time. I can't wait to have uh, one of you guys, if not both of you guys, if y'all are down on our show, we'll gladly reciprocate that. Uh, we'll definitely talk on figuring that out. But if you want to listen to me talk more about games and my uh, my co-host, Chris, you can find us at Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Find us on YouTube in video format. You can find us on podcast services, wherever it is that you listen to it. Um, much like these guys, we have a Patreon. I'll tell you right now, you also go to patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. Give these guys some money because right. they do a lot of work. And that has been incredibly obvious to me as I've been lucky enough to be a guest on here. Uh, and I, I like how you guys, you guys take this very seriously, but with a fun tone, which is exactly, it, it goes back to what we're talking about is for the love of the games. And exactly. it's been a great time. So thank you guys very much, but I'll, uh, I'll give the show back to you. We hope you guys can come find us. If Twitter still exists, as they're worried about, we're at triangle SQRD. Follow us. If you liked what you heard, if you didn't, then Hey, you know, that's life. Go ahead. And Elon will fire you. Or you can follow our Mastodon at at Mastodon slash server of one, five, eight comma semicolon. Yikes. Uh, oh, it's friend codes all over again. Oh my Ugh. god, right? All right I'm glad or- someone else said it. Friend codes are the worst. They're the worst. Awful. The worst. <laughs> Kyle, is there anything you'd like to spotlight? Possibly your friendster, because you know who knows what happened with Twitter in the next uh, day. My MySpace account. There's a new top eight. Ooh. Ooh. I'm hoping I'll get somewhere. I'm slotted in. Maybe oh, eight. Abs- you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I only Brett. know eight people, Brett, and you're one of them. <laughs> hey, Kyle. Real talk. We're yeah. gonna have to talk music eventually. We're gonna have okay. to talk music. Yeah. All right. That works for me. Um, uh, you, I like to spotlight myself, Mr. K Step everywhere. Uh, you can follow all the indie game news coverage that I do over at 61indie.com. That's S I X O N E I N D I E. IndieCast, where you listen to podcast services, all that jazz. And you can find me over at Mr. Badbit uh, over on Twitter. Uh, and I guess, you know, who knows? Rest in peace, Twitter. Uh, at PS Trophy Room. Uh, and Joe Tumblr. Find us. Mr. Badbit. <laughs> yeah. And my only fans <laughs> as Mr. Slutty. You want more Kratos bit. footage? That's right. Only fans is where it's at. That's right. And guess you can what? find me on footfinder.com, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> I was about to say, I share feed pics. And you can find us over. <laughs> Why did I have to sing it like it was a jingle? <laughs> 
Christ. Made it way worse, but way better. I'm proud of you. (laughs) But wait how I transition this one. It's going to be glorious. You you Oprah'd it. You were like, I sell feet pics. (laughs) You get a feet pic. You get a toe. All right. With all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody... Love y'all. Oh, wait, sorry. Captain Logan tried to raid this Yeah, part. I don't know How what dare happened. He? I have no idea. You'll find us over on Apple Podcasts, over on Google Play, wherever you get your podcast service of choice. If you like the mayhem today, please, please, please consider dropping us a five-star review as we get closer and closer to 300 reviews, I believe, on Apple Podcasts. So it definitely helps us out. It grows this big, beautiful channel that we call home here at the Trophy Room. And find the video version. Hopefully it works over on YouTube. So, with all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting. And keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye, guys.